Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey folks, this is Eddie Trunk from That Metal Show and Sirius XM Radio and lifelong KISS fan. You are listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. Kiss Army, Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 150. And because it's 150, we got to do a big episode. This one is Music from the Elder. Yes, Tom, Music from the Elder, album review time. I can't believe what a way to celebrate 150 episodes. A lot of people are probably thinking, why are you punishing us with this as a celebration? But you know what? It's big for us. Uh, We're happy that we made it to 150. And uh, we're going to celebrate it by talking about the 40th anniversary of uh, this very, very polarizing album that I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not sure I know where Zeus stands on this one yet. So yes, a lot to talk about. Yes. 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 Uh, music from the elder, man. How long has this been circulating? We've had this one in our back pocket for a while. People have been talking about it even before the anniversary of the 40th uh, anniversary of the elder. It's been people been asking us for quite some time. Yeah. And please it, it, talk about the elder. Yeah. And it, it, the, the, the timing lined up very well. It's post cruise. It's right after the 40th anniversary. We haven't done an album review in a while, so it just lined up perfectly. So here we are. And it was actually kind of coincidental that it was the 150th episode. So, uh, yeah, this will be this will be interesting. Yeah. So let's go back before we begin and look at last week's episode. Last week, we concluded the Kiss Cruise with part two. We did a poll and tell us about it, Tom. All right. So this poll was based on those deeper cuts that Kiss pulled out on the indoor show that we were at. And they were, we are one, take it off uh, all night. And she's so European. 
So we asked everybody, which of these is your favorite? And Take It Off was pretty much the big winner, 41%. And then tied for second was Uh All Night and She's So European with 24%. And thankfully, all the smart people, we are one 11%. That's that that is a that's eleven percent too many. That is embarrassing. Yeah, that eleven percent said we are one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's eleven percent too many. That that should that's ridiculous. Uh, so a couple comments here. Uh, all four were great to hear. Take it off as a strong choice. More revenge representation is needed. Uh, all night was the shocker and a pleasure to hear again. And this is this is from the Right Between the Eyes podcast. And he says, not going to lie, we like We Are One. Well, guess what? We don't. So <laughs> happy, happy for you. That's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's why we have 11%. That's one. That's okay. That's okay. The, a lot of the people with the, with the take it off stuff here, yeah, they love it. And they were given they were given some shout outs to uh, our uh, good friends over there at Pod of Thunder when they did their take it off uh, episode. So that, that was cool to see. Our buddy Steve, I saw Take It Off on the Revenge Tour. You guys did a version of We Are One That Will Never Be Better. Have to go all night. One of my favorites from Asylum. Uh, our buddy John Rostano, we uh, we know him better as Mr. Antonio 2005. Another great Patreon member, Tom. Absolutely. Uh, he he goes for Take It Off, Kiss Revenge, wondering if they'll ever do Heart of Chrome, Paralyzed, or Tough Love. Yeah, probably not. James Six Star, I chose Take It Off, but I still think all these songs were cool. The performances probably weren't perfect, but it's live. We as fans want to criticize when they don't do deep cuts and criticize when they do. No one expected this, so let's be stoked that they even did them. Perfect agreement right there, James. Lee Bruton, after viewing Take It Off in All Night from the Cruise, I've gone with Take It Off. It seemed to have the most energy. Yeah, it did have a ton of energy. You're right. Graham Richley, wave your panties in the air. Absolutely. Yes. Lick your lips and shake your hair. Uh-huh. Exactly. Tampa Fan 11, close call, take it off, and all night are both top three Kiss songs for me. Wow. Mike Reese, they need to do more from Revenge. I like it. Uh, Baseball and Death says, she's so European, but I'm not wild about any of them. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, and then some comments about the uh, actual episode itself. Um, back to our buddy Lee Bruton. Sounds like you guys all had a blast. I would love to end each night with Kiss Karaoke. As always, a great review of an awesome event. I got to tell you, moving on to episode 150 and talking about the Elder, I was a little bit sad. Uh, not sad because we're talking about the Elder. Like some people are probably sad. I'm sad because now this this means the Kiss Cruise is fully in our rearview mirror. And, and I don't want to stop talking about it. Well, I mean, I didn't want to overload everybody and upload 150 pictures. But I love Kiss that Cruise. you're doing that. I've been slowly trying to put in pictures every day. And I love that because it keeps it alive. I love it. Um, our good buddy, Steve, again, your dedication to the show and us listeners is exemplary. You could easily have taken a break after the cruise, but you bring us yet another great and hilarious show. I would gladly have paid the whole fare just to hear you sing. We are one with the ace lines in the gene. Oh yeah. (laughs) Casey Campbell says, wondering if you guys are going in 2022. Our buddy, Tony says he's 90% going. Sonny says he's 50, 50. And if I recall correctly, I think Casey commented again that, uh, 
He doesn't think he's going to have anybody to go with because his wife isn't interested. So, hey, if one of us goes, maybe he can jump on board with us. Who knows? Kevin's on fire. The last two episodes have been a blast to listen to. Thanks for all the details, stories, and clips. It really felt like we were there with you guys. Zeus doing ace at karaoke was the cherry on top. Fucking hilarious. That's awesome. Vet Halen, another great episode. Although I spent the majority of it trying to correctly sync the voices with the faces, Tom has the same haircut as me. I've always had you guys backwards. So this is hilarious. He thought I was Zeus. Yeah, I know. So that was pretty good. John Schaefer, for Christ's sakes, you could do a whole show on Kiss Karaoke. Whoever that was singing Just a Boy has a set of nuts on him. (laughs) Uh, Our buddy SV Puga, so much fun, guys. Very happy for you. Got a question. Do you think that Bruce's set list passes through Paul and Gene's approval? Fuck no. No way. I don't think so. I'm not sure because I think they may... Hey, are you guys going to be playing this? Because was there any duplicates? No. But I don't yeah. know if I, 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 okay, I could see that. I don't, I wouldn't use the word approval. I think there's maybe a conversation saying, hey, we're going to do take it off tonight. Why don't you guys leave that out or vice versa? Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, he did play a lot of songs from Revenge. Yep. And they didn't play take it off. Correct. Right. So right. maybe they were like, hey, Bruce, just to give you a heads up, we're going to throw in take it off. Like, obviously, Bruce isn't doing We Are One or She's So European right? for him right. to be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gerald Rosenberg, great recap. Tom mentioning Queensryche playing various times. Reminded me of Clark Griswold passing by Big Ben. Look, kids, there's Queensryche again. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Every time I turned around, they were on. Ken in Satan's service. Great episode. Kudos to you and Zeus for handling the sonic snoring from the Pooney brothers. It sounded like mouth farts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Mouth farts. Uh, And then our good buddy, Heavy Mayo. I don't need no stinking cruise. I broke bread with my mates in the parking lot at Great Woods. (laughs) You got to come on the cruise, man. Come on. Uh... Let's see. Joel Hoffman. I wish I could go on the kiss cruise. I have zero people to talk about kiss with. Sounds like a blast to hang out with people. I hear on the podcast. I think Aussie Jeff is the dude on a convention show that says, well, you better fucking learn it. When Paul talks about not knowing a song that's <laughs> true. I could, I could picture that Joel. You're right. DG from Tennessee. After listening to this episode, I'm thinking Bruce Todd and company should do a proper tour playing those classic eighties kiss tunes. Ah, oh, that'd be great. That would be great. Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone Ace Karaoke was hilarious. You should have done a full out Ace song like 2000, man. Uh, then he says, also, do you do you only pay for the Kiss show or are there others you have to pay for? Are both theater shows by Kiss the same set list? Question number one, yes, you have to pay for the Kiss show, even if you're even though you're on a fucking Kiss cruise. And the, the theater shows are not the same set list. Uh, a couple variations in songs. So that is Twitter, Zeus. That's what we got for Twitter. Tom, uh, we had a comment on our Instagram page, which is actually growing. Our Instagram is starting to get some good feedback. This one was from G. Witten. I don't know, guys, which episode you mentioned this guy, but I'm rolling. Yangi19871, I don't know, from YouTube. And you know who that is? Nope. That's the, that's the violent burping guy. No. <laughs> He's not alone. I got a couple DMs about <laughs> holy shit, I cannot stop laughing at the fucking burping guy. 
Uh, <laughs> people really got a fucking uh, like. Oh, it was Sean DeHaan who also said. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw his comment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just finished. Sean DeHaan on a DM said, "I just finished watching hours worth of violent burps." That's what we do to people. I love that guy. I told him. He said, "Freaking hilarious." He must. He must have the lung capacity of the singer from Queensrÿche. Um, yeah, it's so fucking stupid and immature. It's. It's not just the burp. It's the fucking reaction. From oh, it's the like, reaction. It's, it's the people. It's just like, what the fuck? Is and that? I told you that one of him wearing the fucking dinosaur outfit is insane. People that get startled and grab their children. They're like, it's <laughs> <laughs> just dining out. And he just goes by and goes over like that. Like that. I don't know. It was like a little ledge or yeah. like a fucking divider and yeah. just pokes his head over the divider while they're eating and goes <laughs> <laughs> that fucking guy unbelievable oh, anyways ridiculous. you know we keep it classy here tom oh it's high class absolutely yeah. yeah so over on the book of face tom uh steve wright wrote great episodes fellas even better time on the gem absolutely buddy you're right yeah. steve one of the best guys. Go listen to Potter than Hell, guys. Yes. Um, Jack Broad, the pony snoring sounds like a cross between a chainsaw, a riding lawnmower, and Darth Vader's breathing. <laughs> Scott Donaldson, love these two last episodes. Tom and Zeus, you gave us fans who can't attend a great insight of what it was like. Love hearing about your experiences with your mates. And it doesn't get much better than that. Glad you had a great time. Peace out, Girl Scout. Thanks, cool, Scott. Scott. Thanks, buddy. Is he still touring right now? Uh, I believe so. With Kisteria, are they still performing right now at this time? I think so. I think I'm I a- see him posting stuff. Okay. Make sure if you're down under and you're hanging out with Ozzy Jeff, you uh, catch Scott and his mates uh, performing Kisteria. And Scott yeah. is the one who dresses up as Eric car not yes. Peter chris very cool very cool stuff kisteria looks awesome yep yeah um when it comes to gene and paul okay adam nirenberg when Uh-oh. it comes to gene and paul and the passing of paul's father i will wager that gene immediately ran to paul's house probably helped him out beyond the uh beyond the need for words no need to gene to elaborate on social media yes and no I, I I did mention a little bit of that last week that because it was such a big deal that Gene probably just stayed off social media for it, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah, um, it's just one of those things that, you know, how it gets. The fact that you don't say anything speaks so loud. And I'm, and I'm sure he I did agree. stuff behind the scenes. There's no way Gene wouldn't. Gene, like his heart bleeds for fucking Paul. He loves yes. Paul. Yes, yes. All right. LP Storlino. Uh oh. Yes, the great LP Storlino. Looks like Paul was drunk off of cock oh, in, in Australia, according <laughs> to Aussie Jeff. I commend you for getting an army tattoo, Tom. But Zeus, you too should have been hand in hand getting shouted out loudcast tattoos together. <laughs> really hope you guys are some of the other loudcasters are on the cruise next year. If so, see you there. Chances are you won't see me there. 
uh, you know, leaving from LA really is probably the reason why. Yeah, that's that. That's a big roadblock. Nine hours to get there for us, and then get on the cruise. Yeah, that's you know, especially since we were just on it. Um, well, Matt, I think it, I think, I think it would be six if we took a modern day aircraft. Well, I don't know. It was in nine hours, six hours, whatever the yeah. fuck. I've yeah. never been to Cali, so Tom, I don't know that flight. Okay, okay. Um, Matt Wallace. It is so good to hear that others out there do the extreme belching in public for no apparent reason other than their own personal humor. (laughs) An old friend of mine and I were walking through in an Asian market in Hartford, Connecticut, belching, belching as loud as we can over and over. It was so bad that the store manager actually threw us out of the store. My hometown of Torrington, Connecticut knows of our antics all too well. Every store in this raggedy shithole town truly hated us every time we walked in the store. Wow. Sounds like it could be a co-host to shout it out loud cast with that kind of behavior. Dude, you would fucking if you hung out with me I, 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 we would all get arrested. Oh yeah, with stupid, immature shit. Yep. Every time somebody walked by, you. By the way, speaking of stupid, immature shit, let's back up for a quick second here. Yeah. We never told the story on the cruise about you absolutely terrifying housekeeping. about that oh i didn't i just remember that go ahead tell the story so it's literally the first day on the cruise so and things were kind of dying down i think we were kind of getting our luggage together putting our clothes out you know you everybody was kind of resting and doing stuff and me you and Sonny were in the room and we hear a knock on the door and it's it's you know all everybody all the crew they're all filipino and they all have accents so we hear a knock on the door. It's like, oh, housekeeping. So uh, me and Sonny can see that it is housekeeping. Where Zeus is, he can't. So he's like, yeah, why don't you come in and fucking blow me? <laughs> no, no, I think they asked the question. <laughs> you, you want <laughs> the housekeeping, you need something or something. Like that. Yeah. You can- and, and I thought it was Sonny. I thought it was Sonny. So I said, yeah, I'm going to give me a blowjob. So I, I go, shut up. It's housekeeping. You go, yeah, f- shut up. It is not. And the guy's the guy goes, OK, I'll come back later. <laughs> hey, would you blow me? I don't know what the fuck I said to the guy. It was something like, yeah, why don't you blow me or give me a blowjob? The poor guy. He's like, I'll come back later. Like, please. I'm sorry. Just come. Why don't you come back later? I'm like, so that was really fucking housekeeping. <laughs> It was sunny because he, he he had that voice from fucking Tommy boy housekeeping. You want me to jerk you off for the love of God? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. All right. Back I'm to sorry. Facebook. I totally forgot about that one. All right. Stephen Stacy, that snore clip. All I could hear was Bueller, Bueller, <laughs> Bueller. Great episode as usual. Mark Weiss just finished listening to part one and part two this weekend. Great episode. It was my first cruise and it was great reliving the memories from that week. It was Disneyland for kiss fans. I can't wait for next year. 
I agree. Bruce Kulick and his band are worth the price of the cruise. The excitement, anticipation of not knowing what is going to be played next is priceless. Yep. I became a Kiss fan during the Revenge era, and I still can't believe I heard all those songs. I just bought tickets to see Bruce and his band in Vegas on December 30th. Mark, that's awesome. And I wish you met us and got a chance to say hello. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, we would have loved to talk with you. Yeah, uh, Maybe awesome. next time. You never know. But that's awesome, Mark. We agree with you, man. Bruce was insane, his band. Yep. yep. All right. Dan O'Halloran. Having a listening now. It's making me wish I was able to go on Kiss Cruise 10. Michael, Nick, and I have been on two cruises prior. But unfortunately, this year, we had up out have already booked. Nick's wife, Natalie, has been battling cancer for a number of years, pancreatic, breast, and now in the lungs. So out of deep love and respect for her, we just couldn't risk bringing any world sickness back home to her. They are my absolute favorite people, and I want them around for many more years. So this is the safest way to do that. But my wife and I have decided to take our whole family next year. We are signed up for the presale, and I'm hoping to meet you guys and be kept up all night by the boat vibrating snores of your pals, the Poonies. Thanks for the free funny. Wow. That's awesome, buddy. Thank you so much. And uh, God bless your family. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that you you kept them uh, close to you and with your thoughts there and doing the right thing. So glad, glad you'll be able to go next year. Yeah. And God bless Natalie. Yes. Brad Brode. Oh, my God. You guys doing the kiss karaoke was amazing. Dying laughing. <laughs> Because it's not your place. Oh, yeah. Uh, laughing my fucking ass off. Ryan Michael Scott. Sounds like amazing time. And thank you for sharing it all. How did you not throw the snoring poonies overboard? Well, because we needed them in the room. You know, we needed somebody to. <laughs> Mike Reese put a photo of Arnold. And, and he put the fucking. Quit pushing the button. Stop pushing the buttons. It's that kindergarten cop fucking yep. image with him screaming. Screaming at the kids. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> fucking love it. Ugh. Over on Loudcasters. Joseph Collins. Hilarious as always. Guys, keep pumping the great podcast. And I, as well as everyone, will ingest. Wow. Nice. I like it. Thank you. Oh, my God. I'm going to. I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'll read Matt's comment here too. Matt Wallace. Great episode as always. I enjoyed it so much that I had to take two days off work just to clean up all the cream in my jeans. Oh, Jesus keep Christ. Them, keep them coming. Pickle washers. <laughs> oh, what the hell, dude? Yeah. Um, Graham Richley. We left the Q&A with Kiss early so we could line up to see Bruce and his band. He's quoting us. That just sums up where us Kiss fans are at. Yep. The cruise is awesome, but Paul's cooking segment is a joke, and he's been doing it for years now. The family feud, just lame. I seriously think Six Man could put on an awesome Kiss cruise without Kiss, or at least (laughs) without Gene and Paul. Maybe one of them or the other turn up every now and then as special guests. Great review, guys. Hopefully see you on Kiss Cruise 11. Just call it the Bruce Cruise. There you go. Bruce Cruise. There you go. There you go. Uh, over on YouTube, it's back, baby. YouTube, Mister Antonio, two thousand five. Shout out to Murph for the creativity on the lyrics to the Gilligan's Island theme. Yes, 
really cool that you included some of the audio of the performances on the ship, especially the hidden gems. I just heard that dude singing Tears of Fallen at karaoke night <laughs> is a graduate of the Yoko Ono School of Singing. Great part two recap, boys. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking of originally of doing, of just saying like, oh, Kiss was kind of rough. Here's them performing this and play Kiss karaoke. That would have been fucking great. Would have gotten sued by Paul. Yeah. You better watch out. (laughs) Uh, Pat and Diorama. Great recap for round two. Can the album review crew do a review of the band Brass Against? Their show is Wicked Pisser. Don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't either. Pete Staros. Was that Tom laughing on the cruise when Paul was talking about how good his meatballs were? Probably. <laughs> also, do you guys ever consider switching up the opening song, which is shouted out loud? Yeah. Love the episode. Marty White responded with, if they ever change their opening song, my vote is fanfare. Hmm. You mean like this episode? We opened up with fanfare? Yeah, could be. Good we'll see. Who knows? White. I don't know. Yeah. There's always something new in store for 2022. Anthony Stratus, thanks for sharing. You guys are the best. Devin Dungan, always a good word of uh, of kindness. Great episode. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Devin's awesome. Yep. And that's it from over here. Uh, what do you got, Tom? All right, we've got a couple emails here. So let's start with JC. The cruise episode was amazing. I did have some follow-up questions for the next podcast about it. I'll run through these quick. Did Paul do any Soul Station music? No. Did they not bring tons of T-shirts to sell? Seems like from what you guys said, uh, they love to sell. They have guys captive on a boat. Yeah, the merch stuff, all they sold was Kiss Crew stuff and then stuff for the bands like Night Ranger, Queensryche. Uh, I was expecting like the Kiss Online shop should have been on on the boat and they didn't have that. Um, Was there any awful Paul or Gene art on the ship? Seems like Paul would be more into the art than being Chef Boy RD. Yes, there was a huge section of Paul's art. And to be completely honest with you, uh, I'll tell you right now, we, we call it the way we see it. Paul's art was fucking fantastic. It was beautiful, beautiful shit priced out of your fucking mind. Um, Gene's stuff was not on the boat, but our, our buddy Danny Pooney went to Gene's art show in Vegas prior to the cruise. And if you think Paul's art was expensive, take a look at Gene's price tag. It's about quadruple what, what Paul was selling. But Paul's stuff was really, really cool. Uh, and then his final question, what was the ratio of guys to girls? Was it all sweaty old guys? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was. Uh, thank you, JC. Funny email. Thanks, buddy. And then we get an email from the nicest guy in the world, our snoring roommate, Danny Pooney. Hey, guys. Again, great recap of the cruise. Very detailed. Help me remember some stuff that I had already forgotten. The Grey Goose drinks didn't help. You guys were great roommates, and being on the cruise with you, Sonny, and Tony made it a very memorable experience. Hashtag Aussie Jeff for life. See, that's why we love Danny, because he's just so kind. And the better pony brother, oh, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, the bar is pretty low with Sonny, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got one here from David Downing, Kevin Jepson's buddy. Good day, fellas. Oh, yeah. Listen to the Kiss Cruise 10 Part 2 podcast right now. Thanks again for a great podcast and for your benefit. I'm a friend of Kevin's from Kiss Cruise 9. And in case you're interested, I am the creator and drummer for Acousticus. Yes, Ooh. I am aware of them. Yes. Australia's only Kiss act that does acoustic, acoustic versions of Kiss tunes. Check us out on Facebook. Yes, David, I have. It's You guys are amazing. Very talented and very interesting. 
Um, he continues, we're lucky to be part of a strong KISS band community in Australia. It's great that we all get along and compliment each other's work. Best to the both of you, David Downing. <laughs> then David also has a little PS. I really did get bed bugs, something fierce. Oh. But the people from Sixth Man and the folks on the boat were very good about it. But it was fucking bad. I had two-inch diameter welts and was sick for weeks afterwards. Oh, I wish you never told us that story, David. But uh, great email. Thanks. And for the people that check out Acousticus, it's very, very cool. Very cool thing he's doing. Um, so, Zeus, back to you. I think you got yeah. one thing, a uh, DM yeah. you wanted to read. So I got a DM from Steve on the fly. Yeah, who's Steve. Got, who's got his own podcast you guys should be checking out. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, and I think uh, we're going to be doing something together real soon as well. Yes, we've been talking behind the scenes about trying to hook up. Yes. Yep. Uh, so he sent us a DM and says, okay. So I went for a run listening to the latest episode, and now my neighbors think I'm crazy because I fell out laughing at the You Wanted the Best karaoke. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. And we're going to wrap up with one final bit of feedback coming back to our emails. And this comes from Adam Stevenson. And boy, oh, boy, did Adam hit it out of the park with this one here. Long-time listener, first-time writer, what's up, fuckos? I've been wanting to write for you for quite some time now, but wasn't really sure what to say. I first was introduced to the show based on a book of face video that someone shared. It was the Eric Singer episode, and I was hooked ever since. I bounced around to individual album reviews, but was hooked on the Real Alive series. And it makes me sad there aren't any more albums left for Real Alive 9. I went back and started the podcast in the very beginning and love your takes on everything KISS. I always skip the album review crew episodes because I thought, why are these guys not discussing Kiss? But in October, I got all caught up and was current with the episode and just missed hearing your voices. And I started the ARC episodes. I've been introduced to albums I would have never listened to or even heard of. So thank you for that. Also, grunge sucks. And anytime those albums were mentioned or reviewed, it was like digging glass into my eyes. But I stuck around nonetheless due to your hysterics and ball busting. I've heard in the past other commenters talk about how you have brought them to tears from laughter, and I had not experienced that feeling before until today. I was finishing up the Kiss Cruise Part 2 while driving home. When Zeus started talking, you wanted the best karaoke just so he could do the ace part and say, it's not your place. I was dying from anticipation. The moment came and I burst into laughter and tears started to roll. My wife, who up to this point has tolerated my obsession with SIOL podcast was also in tears with a what the fuck look on her face. So thank you for allowing me to join the ranks of crying from laughter. I do have a poll question. I'd love to hear you present. Which kiss member has the most famous appendage Jean's tongue, Paul's deformed ear or Peter's <laughs> alleged nine inch cock. <laughs> what? Or you should do aces fucking crow feet. <laughs> Then he continues with an amazing story about his about being a Kiss fan. Um, introduction introduced to Kiss when he was in the truck with his dad, um, talking about his concert history, talking about dressing up and uh, the the memories. He says, "Anyway, I will leave you with this. I am thankful for this podcast because I love Kiss, and I whenever I listen to them or talk about them, I think about my dad. That is fucking amazing. And to add it to make this email even better." He then sends us these friggin' fantastic photos of him in full makeup and gear as Eric Carr. He looks unbelievable. 
He's got family members dressed up in other characters. It, it, it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal email, Adam. And we thank you for taking the time to write to us and to send us pictures. And for that, Adam, you are comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> Not only is he comment of the week, that's probably one of the it could be a Mount Rushmore fucking uh, email that we've ever yeah. received. Yeah, because the pictures that he sent were just spectacular. The, 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 the makeup work, the costumes. I mean, it's amazing. Amazing. It's, it's heartwarming to see yeah. the kid. He puts his stuff. He goes with his dad and, and his family. They're yep. all dressed up. I, I'm not sure. Is that his wife? Is his wife and his parents are dressed up as kids, too? Oh, man, it's just fucking it's awesome. awesome. Very cool stuff, Adam. Thank you for sharing that with us. Awesome, awesome to read. So thank you, Tom. What we like to do next is give a shout out to our Patreon family, which is consistently growing. Now, I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. Because I want to thank our newest Patreon member, Jack Pinocchio. <laughs> Jack, Tom, and I have loved you ever since you started commenting. Christ's sakes, you're one of the few people that gets your own theme music. And thank you for joining our Patreon family. I believe he joined as a Gene Demon tier. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, We love having you. Uh, And we love having all our Patreon members. Uh, Patreon is where people can come help out the pod. And uh, with that, there are different tiers and we, you know, do things for them, merch and other stuff. And uh, we can't, you know, this podcast has grown because of the Patreon members help and contribution. And it's been awesome. And we love those guys. And uh, we got some good things coming in store for them before the end of the year, too, as well. So thank you, Jack. And uh, thank you to all our Patreon members. And if you're interested in Patreon, you can go to the app or you can go to patreon.com or you can look in the episode notes and click on the link. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And uh, look for creators. And then you just put in shout out loudcast. And you'll find us. And if it's something you like, great. Not and if it's not, no problem. But we appreciate you and appreciate our Patreon family. And thank you. Jack, you are one of the longest running members of the family of Shout It Out Loudcast. And we thank you uh, so much for getting on board and being a contributor to Patreon, uh, let alone the highest level. So we can't thank you enough for that, buddy. Uh, we love you for that, and, and we, we love having you be part of our, our family. So thank you for that. And thank you to everybody else who is part of our growing Patreon family. 
we we appreciate everything that you guys do, regardless of what level you're you're contributing at it. Everything helps and everything means so much to us. So thank you for that. And as Zeus said, you can check us out on the website or the app. Um, take a look at what we're offering and see if it's something that you're interested in. And uh, in the meantime, just continued thanks and gratitude to everybody who's part of that Patreon family. So thank you. And again, Jack, big hugs from Shout It Out Loudcast, buddy. You're the man. Yep. So, uh, Tom, what's going on in Kiss World? Okay, quiet week. Um, you know, last week we recorded on a Wednesday, and uh, on that following Thursday, it was the anniversary of Rock and Roll Over. Uh, and it was the 45th anniversary. This year is big. You got the 45th anniversary of Destroy, a 40th anniversary of Elder, and then 45th anniversary of Rock and Roll Over. You didn't get a box set for Rock and Roll Over. Uh, you got some really, really cool merch. If you're into the Kiss merch, they got some really awesome shit, including a Rock and Roll Over picture disc LP, which is friggin' awesome. And as I said last week when we talked about the Elder, when they offered the picture disc, it's cool to see that Kiss is getting on board with the with the picture disc stuff. It's very cool. They're a visual band. Collectors love picture discs, so that was cool to see. However, on the negative side, we saw another fuck-up with Kiss Online that we've seen in the past. That uh, exclusive limited edition uh, Elder picture disc that was limited to 500 copies that sold out within minutes. Unfortunately, people were getting emails seeing that the website oversold. And they had to cancel the order uh, because of the inconvenience. They were then going to give them a free, uh, the other picture disc that they were offering. Uh, it wasn't the exclusive one with the band on them. So, you know, hopefully we don't see more of that. You know, that uh, when, when things are selling that quickly online, you know, I mean, we don't work for Kiss Online, so I'm not trying to defend anybody. But shit happens and it's unfortunate. Thankfully, it didn't happen to me. Um, it did happen to our buddy Steve, his friend Rob, who was on the cruise with us. He got screwed out of one. Uh, so that happened so far. No other issues with rock and roll over, but uh, some very cool merch. Uh, and other than that, just kind of quiet stuff right now that's going on. I, you know, the, the band's on hiatus until March, you know, no Vegas residency, and they're not touring until March. So we'll see what they do to keep themselves busy. We know that they can't stay quiet for long. So, yeah, with regard to the, um, the merch that they offered and stuff. It's going to be big in the next couple of years because this is the prime, you know, of kiss them and yeah. the kiss army. And uh, that's usually from the mid three albums. Yeah. The destroyer through love gun alive to double platinum and even dynasty up to 79. You're going to yep. get the 45 years in the next few years. Yep. Now, some will probably get a little bit more love than the others. Like maybe love gun might get a uh a destroyer type thing. I can't I can imagine oh, they can't can do pray. a destroyer type box set for every one of these stuff. No, you won't. You won't. But as uh, I hope they do one in the next couple years for one of these albums coming up. Um and you never know which one they're going to choose, but it, it's great to see. Um today is Wednesday. We're recording on the 17th. Happy birthday mom. So that's nice. Yes, um, all right. Happy birthday yeah. mom. Yeah. And uh, I got my order in on Amazon, and uh, it should be here on Friday. Yeah, I got my order. I got my order in on Kiss Online, so I should probably get it maybe in February. 
Yeah, maybe after the holidays we can do a fucking a live. Uh, what is that called when you open yeah, shit? A, a lot, like an, an unboxing. Yeah, which, which we we have talked about doing that, like a, a and not not doing an episode because of the box it is a visual thing. Do a live stream like an unboxing, but uh, yeah, maybe we just- maybe, maybe we do it on Friday, Tom, and uh, you can just watch along with everybody else. Should be like, oh, so that's what it looks like when I get it in a month. <laughs> yeah. There was also that company deep discount for those that are interested. Yeah. com. I think they have it even cheaper. Yep. So I priced mine out and deep discount is $14 cheaper. And I said, fuck it. I want mine on the, I want mine on release day. So yeah. I ordered with Amazon, but it is $14 cheaper. I got the, you know, me, I got the CDs. So I got the four CD box set. Yep. And um, so if you're looking for a deep discount.com, I believe is cheaper. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, let's get out. Like, I want to keep this moving because we want to get to the good stuff. Not much else there on Kiss World. So let's take a little bit of a break and uh, go say hi to Mr. Blackwell. Oh, we're back. I can't escape from the island after Mr. Blackwell's <laughs> chasing me. Jesus. Yeah, he's not well, Tom. No, no, he's not well. You could tell. <laughs> Here we go. Yes. So. Here we are, music from the elder. Um, uh, polarizing would be an understatement. Uh, I never thought, you know, when me and you were in college, that hey, maybe one day we'll do something called a podcast, and we'll like the most hyped up episode might be music from the elder. Yep. So what we usually do is talk about how we came into the album. Correct. Yes. So let's start with that. Okay. I actually have a pretty vivid memory of this. Uh, 1981. This was the first kiss album that I got on cassette. Uh, Everything up until then was uh, records and I didn't start getting CDs. Obviously for a while it was 1981. So this was my first one on cassette. And at the time, it's funny to think about it. You know, I was eight and Who's listening? Like, I think about what my son was doing when he was eight. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm listening to Kiss records when I was eight. So I had the cassette. And at that time, I was kind of in and out of what Kiss was going on. I, I didn't really get on board with Unmasked. I was obsessed with Dynasty because of the album cover and because of Charisma. And I was made for loving you. So I was like, oh, The Elder. And I think my parents got me the cassette. And I remember putting it on. And I was like, what? is happening here like what 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 is you know what is happening here um i was taken aback by it there were a few songs that i immediately went to and we'll talk about those when we get into the track by track um but generally speaking it was a short-lived listening session that i had with the elder i remember getting the cassette opening up and you you slide that paper out and you kind of open it up no pictures of the band and the album was just, it was just weird as everybody knows. So, but that was my experience. I remember opening the cassette, putting it in and being like, yeah, this ain't right. Something's wrong here. So, yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this when we get into some of the album specifics, but the cassette, the, uh, the track listing on the cassette at the time was different than it is what we're talking about today. We'll, we'll get into that. So. All right. So for me, uh, we've discussed this in the past. Like I was like you got into kiss very young. Um, it's humorous to say, yeah, I outgrew them when I was seven. 
you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. They were too immature for me. Um, I stopped. I believe I don't remember unmasked. So I stopped after dynasty, all that unmasked elder killer stuff was not familiar to me. Um, when I got back into kiss, I got into them hard. I started with, you know, asylum. Then I went to animalize. And then I started going back to love gun and all the other original remembering my, even my earlier childhood. Now I'm in junior high doing this shit, sixth grade, junior high, getting back into kiss. I remember something like a list in either metal edge or circus because I would constantly go to Harvard square to the strawberries there. Yep. Um, there was another one um, upstairs from strawberries. I forget what it was called. It wasn't the coop. I didn't go to the coop. There was the other one. Tower it was, records. It, was it, it tower? Became, it eventually became it tower. Became records, tower. Yeah. But it wasn't tower at the time. Okay. And it was upstairs. Remember the pizza place was downstairs. Yeah. Yep. And there was the strawberries underneath. Yeah. I forget what it was called. It was around the corner there. Okay. Across from what was eventually going to become the spaghetti club. Oh, yeah. Hot chicks galore there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, um, and anytime I would peruse the kiss section, I, I never saw anything close to being the elder. So I'm looking at cassettes at the time and then slowly getting into CDs. So I didn't even know what the fucking elder was. And I remember in a magazine, there was something about like, you know, in the discography music from the elder. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Is that a soundtrack? What is music from the elders? Is that a kiss? That's not real. That can't be. I don't know what the fuck that is. So I didn't think anything of it. It wasn't until I started going to college with you and we started watching extreme close up. And we're like, what the fuck is the elder? I saw world without heroes. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't even I've never seen this. What is this shit? And then we started discussing and finding out about, oh, there was this album they tried to do and it was fucking horrendous. I'm like, yeah, of course it was horrendous. Listen to this song. It's fucking brutal. Save it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's where it was. I didn't get the elder. The elder in my hands. Until. The remastered CDs came out. Wow. So you're talking 1997. I didn't have yep. it. Yep. Now. Obviously, I started hearing a couple of the songs, the box that comes out and a few others. I didn't have any of that shit. I didn't know any of these songs, but I heard I and I heard the oath and I'm like, oh, shit. What's the rest of this like? Not oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you get the picture from World Without Heroes and then you hear the oath and the eye and you're like, what the fuck? Yep. This shit rocks. Yep. And then you're like. Holy fuck. Anyways, that is where and how I got into music from the elder. 1997, the album. That's when I got it. So what we usually do, Tom, is we then go to the cover. Yeah. And not many albums have cover stories the way this one does. So Paul was not happy looking at the cartoon comic strip cover of unmasked. He, he didn't want that. So he wanted a cover that was going to be reflective of, of their concept. So, the, so Paul was behind the album cover, which is, as everybody knows, the door with a knocker with the rose and the hand 
reaching for it, which is Paul's hand. Um, the, 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 and, and then the, the record itself, the label has the hand on it, which is weird. It didn't have, uh, you know, the, that famous Casablanca logo or anything like that on it. Um, the back cover has uh, the big giant hinges with the, the track listing on it. And originally at the time, uh, Kiss didn't even want their name on the album cover. They, they wanted no information. on oh, the album. We're going to be like Zeppelin. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to be like a critic. Like they'll find us. Yeah, exactly. They didn't want anything. And the record company is like, what are you guys fucking idiots? Put your friggin' name on the album. So they put their logo up on the top left. They put the album title on the top right. Now, at the time when they were getting ready to do the album cover, that's when the title became music from the elder, because the original title, when it was announced, it was going to be the elder. And then and then Bob Ezrin, Bill Coin, Paul and Gene were like, oh, no, 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 we're fucking geniuses. This is going to be music from the elder. We're going to do something no one's ever done. We're going to make a soundtrack to a movie that hasn't even been released yet. That's how friggin' brilliant we are. So yeah. that's where the music from came from. Yeah, it's like Iron Maiden's idea to fucking write that horrible song about Dune. And then the fucking movie producer's like, yeah, no, please don't attribute it to my movie. Get this fucking stupid song out of here. At least that was only a song and not a whole friggin' album. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, take your to tame a land and shove it up your fucking ass. We don't want it. <laughs> So and then Kiss, because they were all balls out here, Kiss demanded that they wanted this album to have a gatefold, which at the time gatefolds were like reserved for like double albums, Kiss Alive, Kiss Alive 2, Pink Floyd, The Wall, which Ezra was also involved in. We'll get into. They're like, no, 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 we're going to have a gatefold. We're going to have we're going to open it up. We're going to not going to have any pictures of the band anywhere on this. When you open this up, you're going to see this mystical table with these ornate chairs and, and this candle and all this other stupid fucking shit. When you open this album up with a story inside and in quotes, I'm eight years old. I'm like, what, what, what happened to love gun? Where, where, where does go? Where's the band? What is going on here? So yeah, this was all their brainchild. They wanted the, They wanted everything to be dramatic because it was the elder music from the elder. Um. So and then and then there's a whole story about the door and the knocker and that inspiration. Zeus, if you want to kind of chime in on some of that that story as well. Yeah, and then they, you know the whole door thing. It was rumored to be the Park Avenue uh, United Methodist Church yep. on Park Avenue, New York City, but it was actually something they actually created a prop for the shoot. Yep. And there's is it Paul's hand? Is it not? Ezrin said, no, we brought in a fucking hand model. And then there were like images, out outtakes, photos of Paul's hand on the doorknob being. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, so I don't fucking know. And as much as we love this elder stuff, this is an album review episode. We are trying to talk to you a little bit about background of the album. And we'll talk yeah. about the story. We're not going to. Zapruder film this fucking album. No, um, we can save that for a different episode and break down the story and the making. If you really like that minutia, go get Julian Gill's book. It's fucking 
which I, I have. It's called it's called Odyssey, and if you're, it, it's it's amazing. But it breaks down every nook and cranny, nut and bolt. We're treating this like a regular album review crew. We talk about the album cover, some album background, track mm-hmm. listing. It, th- th- like Zeus said, the Elder is a unique animal in the Kiss discography, and it, and it, it can have its own separate non-album review episode in the future. Yeah. But we do want to cut. Co- we do want to cover some some key things that people want to talk about. You know. Yeah. So just getting back to some of the details of the album cover. So when when this went overseas in Japan, they were like, "Yeah, we're not doing this. We need a friggin' picture of the band." So they threw a picture of the of the band from their elder photo shoot on it, and I believe that is what you're getting. That's the picture that you see when you order that limited edition picture disc. Uh, some there's previous older copies of it exist on eBay. But I think that picture of the band and that picture disc, that's what Japanese had. It was just a picture that was on top of the door knocker album cover. But Japan was like, no, no, no. We need a picture of the goddamn band if we're going to sell this thing. Either that or it's going to get lost in the shelves. No one's going to pick up a brown Kiss record. So um, that was that was a problem, too, with with that. So, But again, Kiss thought they knew everything about it. So, Yeah, they're trying to do the brown bag Zeppelin shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No. Yep. You're the most visual band in here history yep what the fuck are you doing you're overthinking this oh god that's an understatement yes yes so i get that unmask was off with the cartoon shit yeah but prior to that dynasty is distinctive that cover yeah the solo albums great fucking love gun rock and roll over destroyer let's put up a fucking brown door in a hand yep horrible oh come on Yep. Anyway. Yep. So want to get into a couple little bit facts here, Tom? Let's do it. Yeah. And there's, okay. there's, there's plenty. Yeah. Music from the elder. It was produced by Bob Ezrin. So they brought Bob in back from uh, his destroyer days. They wanted to come up with something different. And Bob had just done the wall with Pink Floyd, another concept album. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. And Bob knows this band like, no one else, really, because right. he worked so hard with them on Destroyer. Uh, the album was released November 10th, 1981. It reached all the way up to number 75 on Billboard Amber. albums. Yeah, not very good. No. Uh, it hasn't been like, I believe, I bet you that it's over a gold album. But yeah. even up to, I believe they said 2018, it hasn't been certified. I saw something on wikipedia about yeah. that yeah i'm sure this is fucking gold by now with all the kiss tards you know come on it's gotta be yeah anyways yep. what's interesting is under <laughs> it's listed under the genre of that wikipedia page progressive rock and art rock yep which exactly what they wanted yeah. they wanted it yep. it's the uh first album with eric carr the last technically with ace mm-hmm. the first two not feature the band on the cover. It was recorded at Ace's studio because I don't fucking want to go. Uh, I can't drive, you fucking jerks. Uh, and also at Bob Ezrin's studio in Toronto, Canada as mm-hmm. well. It is known for having weird instruments. Yes, It has a fucking choir. It has a symphony orchestra. It is got some out, outside uh, songwriters, of course. Bob Ezrin's hand prints and fingerprints are all over this. Uh, old friend Anton Fig contributes. 
uh, Lou Reed of uh, the Velvet Underground uh, fame it, it contributes to this. This album is just very not kiss like. Yeah. And I know people get don't like this when we say that's not it's a good album. It's just not a kiss album. Yes, we know the artist is actually kiss, but it's not in kisses. 20 fucking albums, the type of album that would be considered a kiss album. Right. Musically. Right. Right. And the, and the, and this, the whole Genesis of this thing came up when after the, after the, the lackluster things with unmasked, you know, the Australian tour was a success, but kiss and Paul and, and Bill coin felt that kiss was pretty much fucked. So they, they originally, they were going to come back and they're like, Oh, let's go back. Let's revert back to a hard rock record, metal, hard rock. They were like, no, that isn't going to work. We need to do something that is going to blow the doors off and reinstate Kiss as, as a name, as a band that people need to pay attention to. And that's where Bob came in. Bob was like, okay, let's do this. I just did the wall in 1979. Let's do a concept. Here we go. We're going to do this, this, and this. They come up with the story of the elder, which is fucking ridiculous. It's like a bad version of Harry Potter and Luke Skywalker put together. And and then they take it from there. And here's the thing. We haven't yet talked about Paul and Gene's, you know, we always bring up the, some of the stuff in behind the mask, you know, what Paul and Gene think of it. And I, I, Zeus, I'll be interested to see what you think of this. Cause I haven't talked to you about this before. We all know how Gene and Paul specifically, Paul absolutely destroy this album in, in retrospect. They talk, they talk shit about it, but it's funny because I'm wondering if they talk shit about this because they don't like it or because they know other people don't like it and they don't want to be, they don't want to like it because they're afraid that, Oh, well, I can't believe Paul and Gene like this album. Cause let's be honest, the majority of music listeners out there fucking detest this album. There are kiss fans out there that absolutely love it. We know it, but it pisses me off to no end. When you read all the, all the things about this, the, the, this album, the production, the thoughts behind it, they were pretty coherent. Gene and Paul, they weren't on drugs. Bob Ezrin was. He was using coke, admittedly. But Paul and Gene, they don't, they don't do drugs. They don't do coke. They don't take pills. They don't do anything. So they were clear-headed in this. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, they were overwhelmed with fame and fortune. But for them to just continually shit on it now, I mean, they, they acknowledge it. I think Gene is a little bit more acknowledging. Ace actually has a couple nice things to say about it, other than the fact that all the solos got ripped out of it. But I don't know. I, I, it's it's kind of a weird weird thought process with the band on this one. Here's why I can explain it. There are two things. Yes. Critics yep. and fans. Yes. Okay. Paul and Gene can always give the finger to the critics because we always had the fans. This album, they lost them both. Although originally Rolling Stone gave this a pretty high critical review. They liked it. Which is what they were aiming for. A couple people. They they didn't shit on it as bad as they shit on others. Correct. Correct. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. They didn't have the critics to say to the critics, well, fuck you. Our fans still buying this. Our fans are lining up. No one liked it. Also, Unmasked, they only did one fucking um, performance. And that was Palladium and Eric Carr's introduction. Right. Everything else. And it was a huge, successful tour. Outside yes. of the U.S., Europe and, you know, Aussie and all that other and those other places. Hmm. So it was great. Then they come back with this dud and they don't even fucking tour on it. Nope. Nope. Okay. This this was the kick in the nuts. Yeah. Um, look, they, they took a chance. This was Gene's story. 
I had an idea, a novel, a movie that was going to be produced. And even Paul's like, yeah, dude, do you know how many movies people say they're going to produce movies that never get anywhere? Oh, yeah. And then Gene says, 80% of movies don't get made. Yeah, yours was one of them. So he said he wrote a short story, a novel, a book, whatever the fuck you want to call it, a comic, whatever, about the elder. And he wrote the story, and then they say, okay, let's use that. Bob is like, let's use that as the you know, the concept here of this album. And then we'll get a movie and we'll fucking talk to producers. It never got far. It's like script and everything like that. Um, I know there are some companies out there that want to bring this thing. Yeah. Oh, there are. Yeah. If you, go on, you, you go online. There's some script. There's actually like a trailer for it, like a fan made trailer on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's where this whole thing started. Gene yeah. came up with the concept and this and that. So, so now the band has got this concept. They bought in. And when I say they bought in, I'm saying Paul and Gene are all in. Mm-hmm. And Bob's all on fucking coke. Yeah, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's fucking do it. Ace, from the get-go, was like, no, we're making a mistake. We need to do a rock album. And then this is the part of the dynamic that starts fucking with the band. Yes. Eric is not a member. Right. He's a paid employee. Mm-hmm. So this is when Ace is like, this sucks. Two against one. Every time I'm voting, it's two against one. So you got that fucking issue going on. The band is now splinted. You got this kick-ass brand new drummer who's willing to fucking, I don't know, rip out his arms to play drums like a madman for you. And you got Ace, who's a fucking killer guitarist. And you're like, hold on a second, Mr. Carr. Have you ever read my short novel, The Elder? But this comes from that that pompous attitude. I mean, we, we talk a lot about um, my personal favorite Kiss book, Kiss and Sell, The Making of a Supergroup, written by C.K. Lent, Kiss's business manager during their heydays. And in his, his section on The Elder is just fascinating. It's like literally you're getting like a peek behind the curtain on the whole making of this mm-hmm. and how the band wanted to be seen as the who with Tommy or Pink Floyd with the wall or be mentioned with bands like Queen and Zeppelin. Like they were seeking that out and they thought they had the ingredients with Ezrin and with this, this real concept and this grandiose performance and in concept and script and music. And they, they, they went, they went all in and talk about a fucking swing and a miss. Yeah. Well, that's what they decided to do. And they started taking some songs that they had in their repertoire and demos and things that they've done. And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, we all need to start moving these songs into this concept that we're doing called The Elder. So song titles got changed, lyrics got added, things like that. They brought in Lou Reed to help out a little bit here. And they brought in another guy named Tony Powers, who wrote some songs as well on this album. Yep. So. That's how we got to the elder. Now, before we get into this, I do want to add at one point a while back, we were going to do the elder. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to the elder nonstop for a week, but a while back I had listened to it before. And I remember my daughter was like, dad, what is this that you're listening to? Oh yeah. And she was like, and I said, you know, this is kiss. And she's like, no wonder I don't like them. Oh, then now, all of a sudden, my kid is done. Is that a major transformation? She's wearing. She had today at school 
the end of the road shirt, Tom, that she, yeah. she wore it. The one that was gathering dust because she never wanted to see it. Yes. Now she's wearing it. She wears the Kiss Cruise t-shirt to school. Yeah. He likes Kiss. She still. Do you like Kiss? <laughs> she should go up to a professor, a band professor, who's all like, hey, let's play some Johann Sebastian Bach music. And <laughs> anyways, she says to me that I like Kiss, but this is dorky music. What is this? Very insightful kid. And she's like, this is just bad. Don't play this when my friend gets in the car. I had to give her a ride back from field hockey today. She goes, Dad, do you, can you please not play this when my friend gets in the car? I was told to not play the elder. She didn't want to hit just a boy on the ride home from practice? No, no. <laughs> I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. I love that. I love yeah. it. I love it. Before we get into the tracks, Tom, you got any more thoughts? I just want to read a couple of things from behind the mask. You know, when we talk about the quotes, Gene, as a kiss record, I'd give it a zero <laughs> as a bad Genesis record. I'd give it a two. I like that. Paul says I'd give it a big question mark. Ace gives it two stars. Bob Ezrin calls it an abomination. <laughs> then Ace says, I think it's a good record. I mean, you know, it, it's. It's it's crazy. You know, they got they got some quotes in there from Bill of Coin too. Even even Gene is a little bit more. Paul just out in the open just absolutely destroys the record. He doesn't even want to discuss it. Yeah. Gene knows it's not good, but he's like, I do like the album. There's some songs I like. I think only you is interesting. I would have liked to have sung Odyssey. Um, he talks about I things like that. So he he's willing to discuss some of the good things about it. If you can find good things about Paul is just like, no, we were delusional. We were hysterical. We were ridiculous. The album sucks. I hate it. Wait a minute. Paul's got that same joke. He says every oh, time. Yeah. How many people bought the album? Six. Oh, so you must be one of the six people that own it. Yeah. Well, guess what, Paul? You put out a limited edition picture disc on its anniversary, and the thing was sold out in about an hour. <laughs> so, okay. That's right. They'll buy anything. Hey, hey, Curly, you want to do a concept album? The fans are going to fucking hate it. Why the fuck would you do that to them? Because fuck them. That's why. Release the elder. Get out there and chant under the rose for the next three minutes until I tell you to stop. Gene, do you understand? Gene, the fans are riding. They're destroying everything. We must stop. Fuck them. That's why. They'll quiet down when I break out this fugal horn and play the intro to Odyssey. I don't even know if a fugal horn is a real instrument. Oh, what the fuck a fugal horn is? I don't either. <laughs> Anyways, you ready to start this monstrosity? Oh, oh, God almighty. Do it. Here we go.
fanfare. This is so bad. It's not even capitalized on the track listing. (laughs) That's right. Good observation. I mean, it's I like this right here. Were any track to be singled out to illustrate the pomposity of the elder? (laughs) The opening track is it. I mean, wow. Paul says, we've done a lot of fuck me, suck me songs. We thought we might like to go a slightly different route. No shit, Paul. I mean, what can you say about this? Come on. I mean, it sounds like you're entering, like you're waiting to get the the menus handed out to you at King Richard's Fair or whatever the fuck, (laughs) whatever that place is, Medieval Times in Boston, wherever the fuck those places are. Like the scene in uh, Cable Guy. Remember when Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller go to the the medieval restaurant place role models. Oh yeah. That too. Yeah. Fanfare written by Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin. First thing I write is, huh? Yeah. Like, Cause that's what people must've been like, okay, what's this new album called? Yep. What? What? Yep. What? And how does it go again? <laughs> it, I put like, what is it? A pan flute wind chimes. It sounds like a little train is moving. This like medieval music. It sounds like you know, like the background in fucking a Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. Like well, Bob, some- Ezrin, Bob Ezrin says that the uh, they used medieval instruments such as a racket and crumb horn. I don't know a cum horn. Well, that's a that's a different instrument. I was drunk on cum horn. <laughs> I was drunk off the elder. Uh, yeah, it's like a King Arthur stupid fucking yeah. introduction. It's and just, it, it's insane. And it builds into this big orchestra, like, like I don't know, like MGM and the Lion. That's what it's like. Something's, yeah. like, something's going to open up, like, oh, my God, is this the beginning of fucking a new Star Wars movie? Yeah, or <laughs> from fucking a classic, like, World War II movie. Right. Or, like, you know, um, and then it goes into, like, these... Gregorian chants. Oh. It's just in Latin and shit. It is fucking it's insane. Now, now at this point, at this point, the, the, again, we said we we're gonna get into the history, you know, but at this point, when the when the album was originally conceived, there was gonna be little spoken word parts in between each song to kind of tell the story. If anybody is out there a, a Queensryche fan, Operation Mindcrime. There's little spoken like vignettes in between each song. It, it kind of paints the picture of the of the story. That didn't happen here. They were like, get that shit out. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have probably helped if you wanted to do. But, you know, I, I hate that shit. I do, too. Ever listen to a fucking Eminem album? And oh. like, all those spoken things. Like, get that fucking shit out of here. You mean like the chronic with Dr. Dre? <laughs> but see, that's funny. Uh, uh, Harry Berry <laughs> and Vogue. Bitches don't want to fuck. <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh, step, ooh, oh, fuck me in the ass. Oh, step to me. Let me suck your oh, dick. Oh, 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 things a Tim Dog would say. <laughs> Shit, I came up on loot. <laughs> Maybe somebody will do the chronic on an ARC yeah. episode. Oh. Dude, I had the Tim Dog. I never heard any music from it. I didn't have anything. Just from that skit, I had the fucking name tag. I had pictures of that. Yeah, I'm holding the boom Tim dog. Tom. Tim Dog. Do you remember? He had a song called Fuck Compton. <laughs> no, I, I just know that they said fuck Tim Dog and they were going to Miami and all this shit. 
Go on YouTube or Google that he's got a song. He's got one popular song, quote unquote, called Fuck Compton. Now, I don't know how we just connected dots from fanfare to Tim Dog. Oh, we can get listen to maybe give me that. Give me that. Give me that nut. <laughs> we do a little easy solo act. Oh, Jesus. I'd rather listen to easy right now. <laughs> All right. Instead, instead we have this. Dude. This is not ending. This is just beginning. And this is the next song. Just a boy, maybe one of the biggest punching bags of the entire Kiss Kiss discography song catalog. I mean, even Paul Stanley says "Just a Boy" was just a mistake. I mean, okay, here's what I'm going to say about this that might shock my co-host here and the listeners out here. The falsetto is absurd. It's ridiculous. It's horrendous. Now we said this before. This is not a Kiss album. So I'm going to try to judge this musically just in general as a kiss song. Horrific, horrible. I find myself enjoying the song other than the, the falsetto of the chorus. I'm like, okay, I get it. It, it. it is what it is. It's just a horrible Paul Stanley kiss song. That's how I look at it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like Stockholm syndrome. I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't that bad. It's just the boy. I kind of like it. It's not good, but the falsetto, to me, if you were going to play like like a game and say, give me the first thing that pops into your head when I say music from the elder, I'm going to say falsetto or just a boy. It's like that's the first thing to come into your mind. It's semi-tolerable to me after all these years. That's all I'll say. Okay. So just a boy is written by Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin. Paul plays lead guitar on this song. Yes. The fucking harp. The yep. wind chimes, whatever the fuck that is. The acoustic guitar. Paul's falsetto. It's. It seems to me like this is like the beginning of a bad high school play. Exactly. A bad yep. version of Rent. Or something like. Yeah. There's a nice little guitar solo on this by Paul in the middle of it, though. I will give him that credit. I like that. And I like that. I think it actually sounds cool. All right. So I'm just going to read this part from Bob Ezrin. It's from Behind the Mask. Go ahead. 
I think Just a Boy is a phenomenal song. It belongs on Broadway. Certainly not on a Kiss record. Exactly. I won't go as far as saying it's phenomenal, but I like it. It's a good little melody. Yep. It, Paul Stanley should not be singing this. So exactly. you know what it is? I feel like this was already a Broadway song or a song that somebody did well. And I'll mention this later on on the next track as well. So I feel like this is a song that was on, I don't know, Wicked and Kristen Chenoweth or Idina Menzel. Is that her name? Oh, she's hot. With her big lips. Oh, she's hot. Oh, anyways, like they sang it. Yeah. And then Paul said, let's us kiss cover that. Yes. And you're like, oh, Kiss should not be covering this song. Yep. But you hear what is would be a good song, a good yep. Broadway song. There's a good melody there. There's good. It's just Paul Stanley singing it. It just sounds kills it. silly. He kills it. Yeah. It's like someone say, you know, on South Pacific performing on Broadway, Blackie Lawless is going to be the lead character. Like, you're like, what? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, just generally speaking, I, I think Paul kind of fucking blows on this album altogether. <laughs> I think he's bad. This is not easy to do this shit. He's not like, he's not pulling a, it's not your place. I'd rather that right now. <laughs> Just because you can hit a falsetto doesn't mean you should hit a falsetto. Yes, because again, you know it's him. If you didn't know and somebody know. else listened I to it, you. they'd be I like, uh, this guy's voice shouldn't be with this, but it's not bad. No, right. Uh, right. I, I just, again, I think it's it's grown on me. Do you remember when we did fucking uh, smashes, thrashes, and, and shit? We, we, dying we couldn't stop laughing at this. <laughs> I, know. I know, I know, but this is something that, like, if your friend, if your son's hanging out and having kind of like his friends over, and they're playing Madden football, listening to like Aussie or something like that, and all of a sudden their dad's kiss uh, shuffle comes up on shuffle, and it's just a boy, and you know people are just playing the video games, hanging around. At some point, I want to see what is the time frame for one of the kids to go. What the fuck are we listening to? You know what this? You know what this would remind me of? It would be, you would be running to that turntable as quickly as Lamar runs to the turntable when Swing Low plays. Swing Low. He's like, well, Lamar runs over, rips the needle off the turntable. Yeah, this seems like this would be an extra from uh, Forty Eight Virgin. You know how I know you're gay? You like just a boy. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yep. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, let's go on an odyssey.
See, now for me, I think Odyssey is worse than Just a Boy because Paul Paul's vocal delivery is embarrassing. He's trying to be somebody that he's not. He, it sounds like he's impersonating a voice. You know, this was originally sung by Tony Powers, who wrote it, who could sing it. And even Paul admits it. He says, quote, me singing it was just tragic. He acknowledges that because it's horrible. Now, musically, I like the music. It's like adult contemporary. It's like it's like yacht rock or, or adult soft rock. Musically, the song is arranged very nice. It's it's a pretty song. It's got a melody to it. But Paul just destroys it vocally. It, it, it just I, I actually find this harder to get through than Just a Boy, if you can believe it. Because Just a Boy is shorter. Yeah, and I think I think one of the other horrific parts of the song is that little breakdown with the little Tinkerbell thing. The ding, 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 ding. There's a banana. Like, and everything's like ironic. Like, oh, uh, like, uh, just, just terrible. Terrible. Odyssey, written by Tony Powers, who uh, was, a, I guess, a hired writer for mm. Lieber and Stoller. I don't know if you know who Lieber and Stoller. I've heard of them. You okay, might know so they're yeah, so they're the writers for Elvis. They, yes. El, Elvis has that actually. Uh, Elvis sings Lieber and Stoller, so all his like early hits were Lieber and Stoller type hits, all written by them, and uh, they're legendary songwriters. Anyway, uh, Alan Schwartzberg plays drums. Tony Powers, who wrote the whole song, plays keyboards on this. Now, the piano intro, it's another more like high school bad play. I like the melody. It's a good song. Paul just shouldn't sing it. It should be again, Kristen Chenoweth or Edina Menzel, some Broadway star singing this. The, you know, that whole Ezrin breakdown, breakdown, Tom. And I think this is what you mean. There's a child in a sundress looking at a rain. Dude, dude, that is horrendous. It is. It is embarrassing. I can't get through that. And there's nothing on Justin you know Boy what? that's that bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's very Pink Floydish. No, I don't know. I, I don't listen to Pink Floyd enough to even know. No, that. like the lyrics from fucking uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Like, like this imagery that they're drawing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, yeah. like you know what I mean? Like yeah. visual imagery and writing. Yeah. these words. Like, like what? I think there's a child in a sundress looking at a rainy sky. Maybe kisses Mount Rushmore. Of least metal moments. Oh, it's horrible. The whole that that, that whole breakdown is yeah, yeah. That is it's un, it, well, and yeah. the lyrics don't do it any, like any favors. So this is what Paul writes about it. It was a good song when I heard Tony Powers, the guy who wrote it, sing it, because it was unique and it was very much suited to him. Me singing it was just tragic. Yeah. Ezrin says Tony Powers wrote Odyssey outright. That is weird. I fully understand the song. Completely reject Kiss doing it now that I look back on it. I don't know what, where we were coming from on that. Well, we tried. Yes. Yeah, you uh, did. You did try. I like the guitar solo again. Very melodic. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. It is. The solo's decent. And Gene, again, you said earlier, wanted to sing this originally. I do. It, it harkens back to what in the future uh, album. Very journey of a thousand years breakdown at the end. Kind of. I can see. I can see that is consistently going on. I can see where you know maybe Gene gets that idea for later on yeah. when he does journey. Um, 
again, I'm not sure which one I like as a song better if it was done by somebody else. Yeah. Fucking. Think about that. This is how this album starts. Now, when it was re- now when it was released, when they tried to release it, they shuffled up the order because they wanted the oath to start because they thought the oath would be like a big hit. But then in '97, when the remasters came out, everything was reorganized into the original thing. So the vinyl right now, so this album opens up "Fanfare," "Just a Boy," "Odyssey." That we did a trifecta, like uh, an episode. This is the this is I, I challenge somebody to find something worse than that. That trifecta, no way. There's nothing even close. There's nothing even close. Brutal. That is unlistenable. All right. Only you can fix this, Tom. Let's go. Only you. So this is uh, we get we hear Gene. So this song is a recycled uh, old Wicked Lester song that Gene had called Eskimo Sun, and he turned it into Only You. Gene's voice sounds great. I love when Gene sings in this in this tone. I think he sounds really cool. Um, and Paul comes in and kind of fumbles the ball here. I think he, I can't believe this is like I, just, stop with that. The, the the breakdown, though, is awesome with that riff, which if you are a fan of the band Black and Blue, Gene Simmons produced Black and Blue's album Nasty Nasty. And the song Nasty Nasty uses the riff from Only You that it's kind of like a metal riff. You're like, holy shit. OK, there's something rocking on this album. Yeah, you hear that again in a song by Black and Blue that Gene Simmons produced later on. Um it's okay. I, I think finally I'm getting to something that rocks a little bit. You know, it's not the debacle of just a boy and Odyssey. So it's pretty good. And I like when Gene sings this, so it, it, it's pretty good. And I like the way it kind of has that outro with that, with that heavy riff. You're like, okay, maybe something's going on with this album. So I, I, I like only you. Only you written by Gene Simmons. Gene plays the rhythm guitar. I love the opening riff. <laughs> it begins with only you have the answers. But the questions you have to find, it's it's this. Just when they think they 
they got the answers, I change the questions. Yes, I just played Roddy Piper's Just What You Think. You had all the answers. I changed the questions. <laughs> I think it was when he beats up that fat fucking Latino wrestler. He's like, he was like a jobber and never won a wrestling match ever. He just beats the guy up for no reason. Uh, God, Roddy Piper was just must listening to. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I like it's like a, a building, prodding building. It's very yeah. haunting, very menacing. And that yep. comes up a few times on this album. Yes. I like the drums. How's that? Tell me, Parko. What the like the that vocal like effect that they use? Yeah. Tell me the secrets. <laughs> I think fucking Dennis DeYoung goes. You know what was really great? The Elder. Let me build on that with the fucking robot and do the voice of that as Kilroy and fucking really bring sticks to a new stratosphere. Dude, dude that's a great reference. They were smoking the same shit with yeah. Kilroy was here in yeah. Mr. Roboto. Domo Marigato. Tell me the secrets. <laughs> like, secret, like- secret. I've got a secret. fuck somebody get these guys in a in a museum for bad ideas the 80s were just bad <laughs> paul's i can't believe this is true like he uses a weird voice that is he's, not uh, it's like he, he's using like a karaoke voice this yeah. entire album yeah and then it, that riff that you talk about black and blue i love it, it turns up as buck cherries lit up i am telling you that's where that riff comes in Buck yeah, Cherry man. rips off Kiss and a lot of shit. Yeah, because I love the that, cocaine. I love the cocaine. Yes, I'm a can. Yeah, that's yeah, and then it. the opening and then the opening riff of that song is pretty much shocked me. Yeah, yes, yes. That's what I think of it. And then if you notice, there's almost kind of a reprise of Just the Boy. Yes, they they put they throw that in there with the and guitar. They, yes, which is very Cycle Circus. How Psycho Circus comes in in Journey of a Thousand Years. And I think there's another part in this album where you kind of you can hear the Just the Boy theme kind of yep. come out. Yep. Um, yeah. And then it goes back into that Buck Cherry riff again. Um, the other thing is, I was going to say, I agree with you about the Gene voice. It's the um, the one song that comes to mind is like Good Girl Gone Bad. I was just going to say that we always use that, that as a that, reference. That's yep. the voice that he can pull once in a yep. while. And that's why I fucking personally love gene's voice yeah or he me can too. do that or he can do dun, 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 mm-hmm. god of thunder like oh my god yep um i you know i think the song works despite paul almost bringing it down yeah yeah and i like the variation of the album um anyway let's go to the next track Thank you. 
All right. So under the rose. So if you're following along with the story here, okay, and there is a story, okay, and the the basic plot of this story is the 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 young boy, you know, just a boy, and he is, you know, he's supposed to be trained and recruited by the elders who belong to the Order of the Rose. They're trying to combat evil. Morpheus is his caretaker. So at this point now, you had just a boy. That was kind of like the introduction to the main character. The Odyssey was him kind of getting to where he's going to go. Only you is kind of like him kind of them talking to them, singing to him, being like, only you can be, you know, can save us and save the world. Now, now you get to under the rose where he's kind of like meeting and hearing from like the council of the elders, like uh, under the rose, the council of the elders with that group. This song right here, the music is kind of cool. The melody is kind of cool. The concept, the atmosphere of the song is kind of cool. But when that chanting comes in, I can't defend that. It's fucking ridiculous. I understand the goal that they were trying to achieve. I understand the picture they were trying to paint. It just doesn't work for me at all. I mean, to me, this is probably the most dis- the, the biggest display of being pompous on this entire album. Like, just so over-the-top ridiculous. And I feel bad because Eric Carr was very big in putting this song together. Came up with the melody. Um, Ezra then came in and rearranged a little bit, but this was a lot of this was a lot of Gene and Eric. I just can't get past that chanting. It's it's not terrible, but that chanting really sinks it for me. Under the Rose, written by Eric Carr and Gene Simmons. Uh, Ace plays bass guitar on this. Uh, Eric does the acoustic guitar. I think the drums are great on this. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, you're right. It's basically Eric's song. They had song titles. So Eric heard, you know, under the rose, he took this under his wing, the finger come up with stuff. So he kind of wrote this whole thing. And he said that, you know, he didn't do lyrics yet at this point. So he brought it in with the gene and gene came up with the lyrics. Ah, the haunting chorus. It's kind of comical. It I don't is. think it's bad. It's just comical. It's one of those things where I but think to me, could- but to me, comical is bad for okay. kiss. You shouldn't be laughing at, at them. Okay. But it's a soundtrack. Remember? I know. So here's how I look at it. You know, there's sometimes there are movie versions of stuff that sound different. And then they do the soundtrack. They take it out and they put yeah. the real song in there. Yes. So a lot of Elvis movies were like that. So there'll be like, Fuck it, we gotta win this race. <laughs> Lemonade. <laughs> like the background actors or who are real actors are like in the movie going, Ooh, or like <laughs> yeah. humming along and singing with them. And then when they release the soundtrack, yeah, like that's on their shit, their people are gone. There ain't nobody singing like in the background. We're kissing cousins and la, 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 la. like you know, those other people that are in the movie, that shit's fucking taken out. They could have done this without the silliness of the chorus, kept this in the movie, maybe if they ever did it and kept it in there and done a different version without that grandiose fucking chanting, whatever that shit is called. Oh, yeah. Um, There's also a pretty good fucking guitar solo on the song as well. There is. Yeah, there is. There's some good parts to this. And I like that Eric came in and did a lot of the work on this. It's I. I don't turn off under the rose. I don't either. I don't either because I like, I, like I said, I like the music, the melody, the atmosphere. I, it's it's enough to cover up some of the stuff I don't like, which is primarily that, that, that chanting BS. All right. I'm fucking up next. 
Okay, Dark Light. So as I said earlier when I was talking about my first exposures to this album, uh, this was one of the songs they went to because it's the it's a song that kind of rocks so far. I mean, you're, it's Ace. Um, I've always been a huge fan of the song. I think the main riff is really cool. Uh, I think the way Ace sings is interesting and cool, how he'll, he'll sing a line and then he'll talk after it you won't know what's coming or what, you know, like, like he always has like these little, he'll sing a line and he'll just kind of talk after it. The very, malevolent order. Yeah. Like very Lou Reed who helped write the song. Um, I, I like it. I've, I've always liked this song. I think it has absolutely one of the most bat shit, insane guitar solos that Ace has ever done. It's frigging off the rails. It's awesome. It's crazy stuff. Something that you don't really hear Ace doing. Um, his, his solos are usually very melodic. This one's just crazy. And I love it. Uh, so dark light has always been a go-to song for me. I think it's uh, to me, it's, I think it's a standout on this album. There's not a lot on this album that stand out, but I've always been a huge fan of this one. Dark light written by ACE Anton fig, Lou Reed and Gene Simmons. ACE plays bass on this as well. It's got that very jaws like intro. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That dun, 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 dun. Yep. Dun, dun. The song was originally called Don't Run. Yep. Uh, Anton had the guitar rift on this one. Um, I just watch out. I shot on the Gamora. I don't even know what the fuck those words mean. Somebody told me that they mean something from like the Bible or something. I don't know. Watch out. Oh, there's a fountain cola. Watch out. You almost knocked over my fountain cola. Uh, is that Gene that says the malevolent order? It sounds like him. No, that's Ace. I know, but it sounds like Gene. Oh, yeah. That. No, that, that's that's Ace. Okay. And I also like the other one. You're going to be attacked and you won't know what it is. <laughs> That's why I like this song. It's like unintentional. It's like yeah. good unintentional comedy yeah. from Ace. Guitars so good on this and so the drums. Again, oh, it, it is very underrated drums on this album. Yep. Uh, the guitar solo is just insane. I love it. Yep. 
I love Who it. do you think you're fooling? <laughs> they, oh, see, now that would have, this would have been a fantastic Kiss karaoke song on the cruise. <laughs> I shot him, man. Gamora. <laughs> the malevolent order. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. And one other thing. So I saw in Behind the Mask, Bob Ezrin says, I played bass on the song. I saw somewhere else that Ace played the bass on this song. So that's why I said Ace. I don't know. Doesn't matter. The song was awesome, but that's what Bob said. I wanted him to just point that out. Next track, I'm very interested to see where we think what we think on this one. Without heroes. Okay. Um, originally started off as from a Paul song that he had called Every Little Bit of Your Heart. Uh, they kept the verse, kind of the feel of the song. Ezrin came in, kind of uh, worked on the rest of the music. Lou Reed had a lot of lyrics involved in this together. Uh, I've always been a big fan of this song. Uh, we'll talk about the video, but I remember seeing the video and being like, wow, this is Kiss. What the hell am I watching right now? What am I listening to right now? I think it's a very well arranged and put together soft rock ballad. Uh, I, I, I like it. I've always found myself enjoying it. I, I, I like the strings. I just think it's put together. Do we want to use our old line and say it's a good song? It's just not a good kiss song. Okay, that's fine. I think Gene's voice sounds fantastic in it. I think when they do it unplugged, it sounds awesome. I've always been a big fan of the song. I think it's got a very cool, underrated solo that Paul does. Um, kind of like a, a kind of a soulful solo that I think comes across well, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I've been I've always been a fan of it. I'm pretty sure I know where Zeus is going to come with this, but uh, I, I like it. World without heroes, written by Paul Stanley, Bob Ezrin, Lou Reed, and Gene Simmons. It made the charts at number fifty six in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Ace played some acoustic on this on this song. Paul played the guitar. I think Paul did the solo. Yep. Um, Ezrin did the keyboards. Um, sometimes I, I like I, I wonder. Sometimes we do the album review crew, and all of a sudden you'll say comments like, "Oh, this is so fucking wimpy," or "This is so fucking blue." And then sometimes I'm shocked at what you like. I, I don't like. I, I mean, I that's why I like doing these episodes because sometimes I have no idea where you're coming from. Yeah. This is one of my all time most fucking despise kiss songs i know that. i yep. fucking hate this song yep it's just bad okay it's, it's not even easy it's not even like fucking chicago 80 sappy fun like loving music that you sing to yourself when you're crying over a girl like this is just 
stupid. <laughs> fucking maybe they're stupid. World without heroes. Okay. It's like a world without sun. At least I get what they're trying to do with yeah. like there's a good melody there. Yeah. Um with uh just uh, just a boy and and the other one Odyssey. Tom, it's a, such a very pussy opening. What oh, is it? Is. What is it? A xylophone they're playing? Do 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 do. It's like I grab my kid's little fucking two-year-old xylophone. Fucking. And it, you know, it, yes, it used to be called "Every Little Bit of Your Heart." Uh, Lou Reed just contributed the title. A world yeah. without heroes. It's like a world without sun. Oh, okay. You can't look up to anyone without heroes. Yeah. It was the first video on MTV for Kiss. Yeah. Paul does a nice solo. Um, I guess there's a Lou Reed version of this song somewhere out there. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, I guess Cher must have been so much in love with Gene that she did a cover of this song. I don't want to hear that. Um, I like Cher's voice, but I don't want to hear this song. I just, I can't stand this song. It's just, when I saw this, this is why I fucking was like, oh, this elder shit must be terrible. This song is horrendous. I just didn't get it. But they did a video for it, Tom. Let's talk about this video. Yeah, and when you watch the video, you would think that these guys are like rocking out to like king of the nighttime world. The way the like ace is ripping on the acoustic and Paul is like, ooh, like getting all aggressive with the guitar. The yeah. only Gene looks like he's like standing there, like handing out, you know, fucking, I don't know, helping people at Walmart, like Leaf- leading people. He's just standing he's there like hand- a fucking tree. He's handing out leaflets at a wedding. That's here pretty much what it looks like. Here you go. Yeah. Here you go. Welcome. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peace be on to you. Yes. Yeah. He, you know, poor Eric is like, oh my God, I'm in this fucking band and I'm playing this. <laughs> what the fuck? What happened to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gene is in the forefront with his fucking major planet of the apes hairdo. Oh, <laughs> that is fuck. so. And it's like curling in on his yeah. face. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's almost like a, like the Quaker Oats guys, but black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a world without oatmeal <laughs> Quaker Oats guy. Um, yeah, Ace has got an acoustic guitar. Paul's playing a flying V. Yep. Kiss is all like all serious. Oh, We're yeah. Serious musicians. <laughs> yeah. uh, Paul's doing his best Mark Knopfler ripoff from money for nothing. Oh, yeah. Stupid. And he's like trying to rock out the cell. Ooh. And then the tear at the oh, end. Oh, my God. Uh, Dude, you're not, the, you're not that Native American guy from those trash commercials from the 70s where they close up on him with the tear. So I shared, my, horrible. I shared my screen with Tom. Oh, my God. Okay. Because I wanted him to see the video again. And there's fucking Spanish fucking subtitles on this oh my god So we were singing them together before we started recording we were watching the video together so we're on zoom and you can share the screen you can see what 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 you're doing and all of a sudden i'm like zeus do you understand (laughs) that this is like we're we're, this picture right now is just too friggin' funny gene picture this at the end of the song when the music stops and world without heroes yeah there's nothing to me no place to be me whatever all right, so instead we get 
en un mundo sin dineros, no hay nada que ser, no es un lugar para mí. And then start crying. I'm crying because I just sing World Out Heroes in fucking Spanish. I don't even know how to do it. A world without heroes. That's us. We're into show is the world, is international. Is a world without Jorge, Jorge Simmons is singing. <laughs> Biko Stanley is playing lead guitar. <laughs> Enrique, Enrique Carr is playing the drums. <laughs> hey, who am I? <laughs> You're Ignacio Fraley. <laughs> Ignacio Fraley. Sanchez. Or it's Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> That's going to be the new, <laughs> not your place. Look out. I Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> all right, let's get fucking some rock going here, all right? All right. Next track. So this is this is a go-to song for most KISS fans when they talk about the elder because the song rips. Great riff, heavy rocker. But then of course you get back into the falsetto, and that's where Paul friggin' ruins the song. It's got a really cool chorus. The 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 riffs and the drums in this just kill. But I'm gonna tell you right now, and I, I got some breaking news for all these people out here who love the oath. You got to spend some more time listening to this song. It's terribly overrated because it's really not that good. I'm going to tell you why. It has got a horrific classic Ezrin breakdown in the middle with little sound effects and little electronic bullshit going on. And the falsetto, I, I can't get pat. When, when the song opens up, I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. This is Kiss. Sounds great. Heavy. The drums, the guitar. And then it just kind of goes off the rail with the chorus and that breakdown. I like it because I'm comparing it to the rest of the album. But I think people need to chill on how great the Oath is. I think people think it's great in comparison to what else is on this album. The Oath, written by Paul Stanley, Bob Ezrin, 
and Tony Powers. Paul plays lead guitar. Ace plays bass. That riff. It's like that maiden like hopping. Yep. Oh my gosh. Paul falsetto on the chorus. Um, but I like when Paul fires that line, pounding my fist. That's cool. Yeah. And then uh I like the solo. Um, but I've learned of this song from Stonehill. That's when I and the box set coming out. That's when I learned it. I'm like, holy shit, this fucking rocks. Yep. And um, I I like the oath. This is what Paul Stanley says from behind the mask about the oath. The oath is token kiss, not real kiss. Compared to some of the other stuff on the album in terms of heaviness, it's purple haze. It's it's okay. I have nothing good to say about any of the elder stuff. As close as it got to hitting the bullseye, we weren't even in the firing range. Some of the riffs in the oath got used later and keep me coming. And I've had enough. Really? Eh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe a couple things going on there, but he's right. Um, Compared to some of the stuff on the album, it's like purple haze heavy. <laughs> I love the song. I love okay. the heaviness of it. I love the fucking riff. Um, yeah. There's some quirkiness with the, with the falsetto stuff, but even that middle stuff, I, I don't mind that Ezra. Okay. Breakdown. Cool. Um, it, he, he, those Bob breakdowns are hit or miss. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Most of the time they're missed for me, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's it, to each their own. Yeah. Um, but the oath is the one song that everyone is usually screaming when they talk about the elder. Let's be yes. honest. Yep. Right. Yep. And when we do a, what's your favorite song? I have a feeling this is going to win. Probably. I agree. Right? Yep. All right. So I said earlier that there was a couple go-to songs. Dark Light was one. This was the other song. I was fucking obsessed with this song when I got The Elder. That's primarily because I was eight years old and I was obsessed with all things Gene Simmons. To me, um, I really think this is an unbelievably underrated song. I think it is all demon. I think it's got creepy effects the way it starts off. 
His voice sounds awesome with those effects. It almost sounds like there's layered vocals, like two different genes singing, one high, one low. And then after each time he sings, you have just the drums and then like an, like a bass or a guitar effect. It almost sounds like the effects that he uses when he's getting ready to spit blood before the God of, God of Thunder when he's, when he's live in concert. I, I just think this is like a really underrated song. Um, I think it's got a, a the, the general riff is really cool. It has an interesting breakdown that has like some kind of interesting sonic, some weird kind of effects. I, it's always been a go-to song for me. And I think one of the weirdly, really weird things about Mr. Blackwell is in a weird, in a really weird version of the story of the elder, the Mr. Blackwell character is supposed to be a Washington DC power broker who turns out to be the story's villain and represents the powers of darkness. And it's supposed to be, he says that uh, Gene and Lou Reed wrote into the song a character who is almost Dr. Jekyllish in, an, in a God of Thunder way. And the name is indicative of the character. Black, meaning dark, and well, meaning a dark well or the depths of evil. The character represents the opposite of what you would call a wishing well which was actually going to be part of the elder tour stage. They were going to have a wishing well on the stage. So when they wrote this character, there was all kinds of symbols involved in it. Of course, it all got thrown out the window. So Mr. Blackwell, that's kind of the story behind that, that title. But musically, I, I think it's a great song for me. That's just because I'm a Gene guy. Mr. Blackwell written by Gene Simmons and Lou Reed. The beginning sounds like Gene's bass solo. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, those effects. Yeah, like a cello kind of eerie, menacing, haunting bass music that he does. Yep. The lyrics are very Grinch-like, even oh, yeah. to the point where you're rotten to the core. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a tip of the hat or what. So this is something I don't get. The verse sounds like Mr. Blackwell is talking about himself. Yeah. The chorus is someone describing Mr. Blackwell. Yep. But it's the same voice. So is it like the Greek chorus in those ancient plays where they're like whispering shit out that what this person is doing? Is that what this song's about? Because it doesn't make sense. Right, right. You're not well, Mr. Blackwell. He's not talking about himself. And you should go to hell. Right. It's not him singing that part. Right. No, it's so good. I know. Maybe they should have had Ace sing that part. Certainly not Paul. Because You're Paul. not well. <laughs> you can tell. You're not well, Mr. Mr. Fraley. (laughs) Go to hell. Or you're going to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. This must be the malevolent one. (laughs) What the fuck does that even mean? (laughs) There's a good solo on here, too. Oh, yeah. And then after the solo, there's a lot of like radioactive kind of fucking weird noises and Fucking lot of thunder kind of fucking background shit going on. I agree. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, this is a fucking great deep cut for people on for kiss. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Let's escape.
All right. Escape from the Island. Instrumental. Um, I like it. I, I wish there was like lyrics to it because I think the music rips. I think the drums, the guitar, it's got the siren. It's going crazy. Then there's a little breakdown in the middle of a song and the breakdown. Remember that song from the 80s? I want candy. You remember that song was big in the 80s? <laughs> you know what I remember that fucking song was big in the 80s? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a bow wow wow doing I want candy with the Anyways, I like it. I like instrumentals. I think the guitars are cool. I think Eric Carr rocks on this. Um I, I, I like it. I, I'm not really sure why it's there. I mean, obviously the the, the if you're t- if you're following the story of the boy and the elder, this is him literally escaping from the island after running into Mr. Blackwell. So this is the point. It's got the, you know, the, the air raid sirens and this is him escaping. Um, so I get it. It's uh, it, it, I, I like it. I like instrumentals in this. I think this one's kind of cool. Escape from the Island written by Ace Frehley, Eric Carr and Bob Ezra. And Bob plays bass on this. And apparently this was them fucking jamming out at one point. Yep. I love sirens. You know me, but this one's an air raid siren, not a fire yep. siren. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a rocking instrumental. The drum and bass and the guitar solos kind of nice. Uh, it's not included in the Japanese version yeah. of The Elder, but that's why it ended up on the Japanese version on Killers in Japan. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Now, and here's a little bit of a trivia. Name a Kiss song written by Kiss that wasn't from Paul and Gene that didn't contribute. It's a good point. Ace and Eric Carr. Yep. And Bob Ezrin wrote this. How many songs can you think of that are like that? Other than like, you know, Ace bringing in his own song or something like that. Right. Agreed. Yep. That's not a, that's kind of a unique thing. Um, There's one problem with this song. And that is, I hate fucking instrumentals. So, (laughs) yep. Let's finish up with this one. This is the other song that people go to. Usually when you talk about the elder, you're talking about the oath and you talk about I, because the song rocks. 
It's got a great rocking vibe to it. It's got that the dual vocals that we love of Paul and Gene switching. They both sound very good vocally. The lyrics are ridiculous. It sounds like some religious, you know, uprising kind of, you know, song where everybody's excited about how great they feel about themselves and their lot in life. Um, But again, like Ezrin, it's got a couple of fucking dummy breakdowns. It's got the little finger snapping breakdown. And then Paul does his little Elvis routine that we always joke about. I like it though. It's, it's, I, you know, for an album like the elder, it stands out because it, it is a rocking song. Um, but it, it's like I said with the oath, I think it tends to be a little bit overrated just because of the album that it's on. But uh, but it, it's good. I, I like it. I like it. Eyes written by Gene Simmons and Bob Ezrin. Another one. Alan Schwartzberg plays on the drums on this. Yep. Like, what the fuck, dude? Because, yeah, and they claim that Eric couldn't keep up with the with the shuffling beat, which I don't know. And I'm, Bob, no, I'm, I'm no expert, but that's bullshit in my book. So they say that Bob, the deal they have with Bob is Bob has final say. Yep. And Bob's like, Eric can't play the feel that I right. want. Right. So Eric got out and they brought him in, uh, which is fucking ridiculous. Then you get him to play. Exactly. Dude. How do you feel if you're brought in? You're the new fucking kick-ass drummer. Yeah, get out. We don't need you for this. You can't Especially, it. and it's one of the most upbeat rock and songs on the album. And they're telling you to beat it. Yep. Yeah. So uh, let's just say, I mean, for me, I love the Paul Gene back and forth songs. I yeah. do. Uh, but this is the, you know, the last one until what? I think God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah. On Revenge and Spit. Yeah, this yeah. is the last one. So um, Paul's Elvis in the rockabilly sound behind it. Oh, I think boy. it is a rockabilly sound. And then Paul's like, well, why don't I sing it like an Elvis part? Exactly. Of, anyway, the story ends up concluding. Yep. And then we get this. And that is the final spoken word of Morpheus and the council talking about the boy and how the boy is ready to go and how he'll be a champion. Now, again, we said earlier in the episode that there was supposed to be spoken word kind of interludes throughout the entire thing. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever made it to the end of this album to even get to this point in the song to hear the spoken word ending. Um, 
but yeah, right after the right after the music ends for I, you, you get into that little spoken uh, that spoken word finale, and, and that that's it. That's the end of the uh, the story of the elder and the end of the album. Morpheus, you have been summoned here to offer your judgment of the boy. Do you still deem him worthy of the fellowship? Morpheus, I certainly do, my lord. As a matter of fact, I I think you're going to like this one. He's got the light in his eyes and the look of a champion, a real champion. Okay, if I'm going along with this story, there's a lot of missing parts because he meets Mr. Blackwell, then he escapes from the island, and now he believes in himself. Well, what the fuck did he do? (laughs) Sure, at the beginning, he starts off as, I'm just a boy, I'm not a hero. And then they tell him he needs to take the oath. And he's and he knows it's a daunting task. He meets the bad guy, Mr. Blackwell. Then he leaves, and now he believes in himself. Now what he's getting f- out. Well, now 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 he kind of went through the trials. Kind of kind of it's kind of like when Luke met Yoda. Where you know, is he, that part? What did he actually do? That, that's in that's in the sequel. That's in the uh, Elder Two Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I'm just saying there's like it doesn't make sense. Well, you know what's the funny actual I, part where he kills the villain or he fucking saves the princess or something it's just uh, okay and you know what i love and i love internet i love internet like youtube theories fan theories sure of course i I love and i love the fact that the character here is morpheus yeah and it's about a boy yeah what what famous movie with multiples the the matrix yeah the matrix you got morpheus is keanu reeves the boy with the Wachowski brothers influenced by music from the elder. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, hey, go watch the matrix. Keanu Reeves is just a regular guy. He meets Morpheus. Then he becomes the guy in the middle of the movie. He says, I'm just a boy. Yeah, there's a scene in the movie where he's running around going, watching out for Sodom and Gomorrah. It's in there. <laughs> in the middle of the movie, he's running out. He bumps into somebody. He goes, Oh, I'm sorry. He goes, wow. Oh, it's Sodom and Gomorrah. Horrible. Anyways, ah. let, we're not done yet. Because oh no, we're not done. There was a video. Oh God Almighty, save me! So really, the video came to light a lot and got a lot of stuff after the biography, uh, which was on a couple months ago. Yep. Showed a clip of it, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Now, this video, it's about as cheesy as can be. It was unreleased for a reason. Yeah. Ace's guitar. Paul is doing jazzercise. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Look at the crowd. It's fucking hilarious. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> There's a couple of people from Cool in the Gang or Earth, Wind, and Fire. I think that's Philip Bailey. Yeah, I think I may have seen James Ingram and Peeble Bryson <laughs> finger snapping in the middle of that friggin' breakdown. And there's another thing I want you guys to watch the eye video. There is the fucking smokingest chick I've seen in a kiss video. Yep. I don't know ever. And Jean is like singing to her. This woman is fucking smoking. She's like, got her tongue. She's got her tongue wagging at Jean. Oh, she looks yep. like she was in one of the original three uh, Charlie's Angels or something. Oh. Yes. Yes. It's just the best just to watch is Ace throughout this. He's constantly doing I believe in me like into the camera. Oh, it's fantastic. Pointing to himself. And singing, and the great line, we don't need to get wasted. I just need a will of my own. 
He's just like point to himself behind Gene. Hey, look at me. The section of the video at the end when they're all riding other uh, the crowd's shoulders. Oh my god! Keep an eye on Ace in the background because oh you could god. see he's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking fall. This hold on to me. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking puke. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna make it. That mellow yellow is on its way up. I had three fillet of fish and a mellow yellow. This is going to come out. This bronze is going to be wearing it on her shirt in a minute. Somebody get him down. He's going to puke. <laughs> Holy fucking fuckball. The, the video is semi tolerable until they get out onto the crowd and start riding Dude. on their shoulders. And when they're on their shoulders, they're doing like this hump move. It's, and like it's fuck, the like humpy dance. Riding, yeah, like, like they're riding camels or it's something. Awful. And it's like so fucking bad. humping the back of these people's necks. And Gene with this fucking slapping the old base oh yeah like it's just a terrible look i hope gene banged that fucking blonde man oh my Gee, he God. had to have he had to have yeah and he, he's pointing to himself only holds me down and the video does like they do in some of their live tv performances of some of the songs from the elder they change balls to guts yes now yep this is a video they did do some performances mm-hmm. of the elder. They did not tour on this um, on this album. They didn't right. tour at all. Nope. Um, which is like I think what a first for them. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a first. Yeah, they went. They did nothing for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you look up that, like I like I mentioned when I was talking about Mister Blackwell, they had huge concepts for a stage and every. They, it was it was going to be like a whole. St- it was going to be like a Broadway stage setup with 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 all these different concepts for the story, and it just it didn't happen. Well, they performed on Fridays, which we did the episode "World Without Heroes," "I and the Oath." Yes. they did a uh, solid gold without a world without heroes and I, and they also did fucking I from I don't know Studio Fifty Four or something, some lip sync performance. That solid uh, gold episode was Marilyn McCoo the host of that one, or I don't know, was it Dion Warwick? I don't know, Dion. <laughs> but the the other one with that Studio 54, they, they were only as a trio in that one, I remember. Mm-hmm. But regardless, there was no tour. This put them back, I don't know how far back. And this has always been one of those people fucking hate it or the people that are proud to say, I love this album and the elder cult. I don't it's know what's going to come out. Yeah, there's definitely a cult for this uh, for this album. Yeah. Now, I'll see when we rank this album. It does have that cult personality about it. Um, I'm glad that I discovered this album. Uh, there's parts of this that I just shake my head. And there are parts of this that, yeah, I, 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 it's grown on me. It really has. Yeah, me too. So it's got it, it's 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 flawed. But it's not Paul Stanley, like terrible, like he says, nothing good from it. No, it's unique. It's interesting. It's a snapshot of a very tumultuous era for the band where they didn't know what whether to shit or go blind with what the hell they were doing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to get into the rankings, the songs and where we put it all. But um, it, it, it deserves, you know, some of it deserves a lot of the hate that it gets, but some of it deserves a lot more praise than it does not get from, from people out there. So it, it, it's, it's definitely, it painted itself in a corner. It, 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 it can be tough to defend sometimes. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the track rankings, Tom. 
Okay. You want to go first or should I? No, why don't you start with this one? All right. Number 11. You are not going to like this, Tom. (laughs) Number 11. A world without heroes. Oh, my God. Come on. That's ridiculous. I know you don't like that song, but come on. It's fucking horrible. (sighs) Wow. I'll explain to you why it's last after the next one. All right. Well, my last is fanfare. (laughs) Just because it's fanfare. Fanfare is my number 10. And okay. the reason why I have it up, there's at least comedic value when it comes on. Every time fanfare comes on, I think of you doing <laughs> and I actually enjoy it. Okay. I do. It makes me laugh. All right. You know, I, I get a little fucking chuckle from it. Am I going to get a little chuckle or a giggle or something? Okay. Why don't you, do, you make me laugh? <laughs> so... World Without Hero has no redeeming qualities to it. Right. It doesn't make me laugh. All right. So go ahead. Number 10. My, my number 10, I, I, I never thought that this would be worse than this other song, but number 10 for me is Odyssey. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Okay. Uh, number nine for me, I hate instrumentals, Escape from the Island. Okay. Number nine, Just a Boy. That's number eight for me. Okay, number eight for me, Under the Rose. Number seven for me is Odyssey. Seven for me is Escape from the Island. So you'd rather hear the that than Under the Rose? Oh, absolutely. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yes. Okay. I like Escape from the Island. I like instrumentals. I don't mind them. Yeah, I know. You've always said like them. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, number six for me is Only You. Six for me is World Without Heroes. Number five, Under the Rose. Five, only you. Four, you're not well, Mr. Blackwell. Wow. Four for me, Dark Light. Oh. Three for me, Dark Light. Three for me, The Oath. Yeah. For me, number two, The Oath. Two. I I know what your number one is. Number one for me is I. Yeah. Number one for me, Mr. Blackwell. The demon always wins. I've always loved that song since I first had the cassette. Mr. Blackwell, number one. Yeah. I I just, you know, in context, when I listen to the elder, Mr. Blackwell sticks out for me. I'll be honest with you. I, I can listen to even up to eight, top eight, even just the boy. I can hear it every once in a while. I will fast forward Escape from the Island. I will fast forward Fanfare unless I want to laugh. Yeah. And I will definitely fast forward a world without heroes. And yep. I've heard a world without hero a million times. Yeah. So that's our rankings. Okay. Let's go to the album cover itself, Tom. So, Tom, we've done 14 albums so far. This will be number 15. We've done Kiss, Dress to Kill, Rock and Roll Over, Ace Frehley. <laughs> Gene Simmons from Kiss. Paul Stanley, Unmasked, Creatures of the Night, Animalize, Asylum, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Psycho Circus, and Monster. Mm-hmm. Want to read your rankings? Yes. my This is for the album cover. 
Yes. Rock and, ro- rock and Roll Over, Creatures of the Night, Gene Simmons, Ace Frehley, Dressed to Kill, Kiss, Paul Stanley, Unmasked, Psycho Circus, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Asylum, Monster, Animalize. Where do you put this album? Okay. Um, it's unique. It's iconic. The band is not on it. Um, but it does have that iconic status. It has the, the interesting color scheme. Um, this is, I'm actually, I think I'm going to put this right below revenge and right above asylum at number 12. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's unique. I, I you know, I know the band isn't on it, but it's not like something horrible like Animal Eyes. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. it's just kind of it's a unique thing. So, all right. So, Tom, I've ranked mine as Rock and Roll Over as being number one album cover. Gene Simmons from his solo, Dressed to Kill, Creatures of the Night, Ace Frehley, Kiss, Paul Paul Stanley, Asylum. <laughs> Monster, Revenge, Psycho Circus, Unmasked, Hot in the Shade, Animalized. Where am I putting this fucking album? Um, I am putting this album as number 14. Oh. Animalized is still dead last. Yep. Because at least there's an idea behind fucking music from the elder. Yeah, right. Concept album. Yeah, they took time. Yeah. What the fuck was Animalized? Yeah. Oh, it's animal skins. Like, uh, uh, huh? Right. So that's what I did there. Um, so we're going to go to the fun part, Tom. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit difficult. Okay. So let's get into album rankings. So you want to give your rankings of the, um, the albums you have so far? Yeah. Number one for me, Dress to Kill. Number two, Revenge. Kiss debut. Rock and Roll Over. Paul Stanley. Unmasked, Hot in the Shade, Asylum, Ace Frehley, Creatures of the Night, Gene Simmons, Animalize, Psycho Circus, and Monster. Holy shit, man. The pro- Here's the thing with The Elder. It's not very good. Okay. It's got some songs that I enjoy. There's a lot of nostalgia to it because I had the cassette when I was eight. But this is not an album that if I'm going to go out and do yard work or if I'm going to go for a run or if I'm going to have people over, like we like we joked at the beginning, if this comes up on shuffle, you better hope it's one of three songs or so. You'll <laughs> you skip it. You'll go running to your phone to switch the song because this, this is this is this is not good. Um, but I like a couple of the songs here and I know I have absolutely destroyed albums like psycho circus and monster, but the thing about psycho circus is there are a couple songs on psycho circus that I love. I seek out certain songs on that album. Like I would make a playlist on psycho circus. There's nothing on the elder. I would add to a playlist. But because of its nostalgia value and its uniqueness, it's not going to be last for me. Monster is still going to be last. I am actually going to rank this below Psycho Circus. I've heard you say so many times 
Well, we like the elder. We love the elder. We like it. You know, we uh, we I like the idea of the elder. I like the era of the band. I like the way the band looks. I like listening to this album once in a while, listening to it for the album review. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm ever going to go back and listen to this. It's 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 an interesting album because I like the idea of it. I like the concept of it. I like the memory of it. But it's just not an album that I'm going to listen to. And I cannot believe I have Psycho Circus ranked higher. But the only reason is because there's a handful of songs on there that I legitimately love. Most of the album I can't stand. But those songs carry a little bit more weight than me. But for me. Gotcha. All right. Well, my number one is Rock and Roll Over. Then Creatures of the Night. Then Kiss. Then Revenge. Paul Stanley. Dressed to Kill. Hot in the Shade. Ace Frehley. Asylum, Animalized, Psycho Circus, Gene Simmons, Unmasked, and Monster. I try to think like totality, or do I try to think top heavy? Like we just did fucking rainbows down to earth. I fucking really love a couple songs. And then there's other songs that are okay. And then other songs I'm like, eh. So, but I still ranked it or moved it because those songs I so loved. And I'm trying to think. Like, what album on these, like, do I really go to that I really love a lot of the songs on this? I would say up to number seven for me, which is Hot in the Shade. Like, I love a ton of songs on those albums. Yes. Like, Ace Asylum, Animalized, Psycho, there are a lot of skippables for me. Yep. As far as Shuffle comes on, there's still Kiss albums. So relax, everybody. I still love it all. And I would take all these over fucking uh, Hanoi Rocks fucking greatest hits. Okay. <laughs> so I, to me, they're still Kiss albums. But when you're grading on a curve with Kiss albums, you got to figure out where you're going to put this. So music from the elder, I'm going to get fucking destroyed for doing this. I'm going to get destroyed for doing this, top. But I don't give a fuck. You know, we're all kiss tards in one way or the other. I'm putting music from the elder as number eight above Ace Frehley. Oh, my God. Almighty! this is it. 150 <laughs> episodes. The last one. I can't defend that. Wow. Yeah. You uh, have this higher than asylum. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How? How there's nothing on asylum that I'm running to other than maybe secretly cruel right now. There's nothing. I would rather hear the oath than really anything other than maybe secretly cruel. I'd rather hear I than anything on any of these albums. I'd rather hear I over Ace Frehley's rip it out. I'd rather hear I over anything on asylum, anything on animalized, anything on psycho circus, anything on Gene Simmons, anything on unmasked, except for maybe you're all that I want. And anything on Monster, maybe uh, Hell or Hallelujah. I, I love that fucking song. There are many. Uh, there are very few times, if any, on 150 episodes where I have found myself speechless. This is fucking stunning. I cannot believe this. Why? Wow. I like music from the elder. I like it. I can listen to the album. There's no, no, a couple no. Of songs I fucking hate. There's nothing wrong with liking music from the elder, but just having it where you have it, it to me is that's 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 a shocker to me. But that's okay. That's why we're Kiss fans. That's why we have this show. That's what I'd rather listen to than those other albums underneath it at this present time. Okay. 
All right. Cool. Good enough. That's why we do this. That's right. Yep. And send all the hate mail and all the high oh, fives. I guarantee you, you're going to have a lot of elder cult. You're going to have the Council of the Elders supporting you. You're going to have a lot of people who I, love I you. I don't know. This. I don't know. Um, and why the fuck is a client calling me at 1045, Tom? Because he just found out you ranked music <laughs> from the elder eighth. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't want your business anymore. <laughs> Hurry up. I got to file bankruptcy. I invested in music from the elder. <laughs> I bought into Gene's fucking screenplay. Oh my god. Wow. Well, Tom, this is what we do next. Hi, this is Ed Spanberg of clicktshop.com and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit clicktshop.com. At Click T Shop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired T-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, our question of the week. Brought to you by our buddy Stevie Flythe with his podcast, On the Flythe. He's got a question here that I've been holding in our bank. Elder-related. Now, I'm going to kind of paraphrase his question a little bit, but he says, what would the set list be if they toured for the elder? So I'm going to answer this as what songs from the elder would I want to see played on a tour for the elder? Because our Kiss Alive series kind of encompassed this question here. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase it a little bit change the rules like we love like we know jericho loves that we do so if they did tour for the elder okay they're gonna have to play three four five songs from this from the album so they're gonna play world without heroes because it was a single it was a video they're gonna play the oath they're gonna play i they are not gonna play dark light because at that point they're not gonna give the microphone to ace i don't think uh they're not gonna play mr blackwell as much as i love it because i don't think it's a song that would translate well live I think that would probably be it, maybe. The Oath, I, um, World Without Heroes. They might throw something else in there. Maybe, um, I mean, not, not even only you, because a lot of the music just doesn't translate well live. So for me, I would throw those three in there. World Without Heroes, The Oath, and I. I think all three of them would be great live, even World Without Heroes. Yeah, Tom, I agree with you. That's what okay. they play. Yeah. Um, as much as I would like them to play different songs, that's what they would end up playing. A world without heroes, the oath and I. Yeah. Let's be blunt. I just it, think that's I just think the music on that album just is it, it might translate to you listening to it in your car. It's just not good concert music. Maybe they'll open up the show with fanfare to get everybody really fired up. I don't know. Um yeah, I mean I could see that as well. Yeah. But uh, Stevie, thanks for the question, buddy. We appreciate it. Check out his podcast on the fly. He's got some good stuff there. So thanks, Steve. Appreciate that elder-related question. So, Tom, where can people find us? Uh, you can start with our email address, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Uh, please send us your comments, feedback, questions, concerns, thoughts on the episodes, thoughts on the show. Uh, we try to read all your emails during the show. Uh, if we don't, you know, we, we do read all of them anyways, um, wh- whether we're reading them on the show or not. We, we, we see them all. We read them all. Uh, and of course, our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, comment, tag us, interact, you know, post some pictures. 
Um, speaking of that tonight, we got an awesome picture from uh, a listener. Uh, Mr. Brian Lee Hecht on Facebook took a picture of him uh, wearing our awesome shirt from Click T-Shop. He said, just wanted to show my support and buy a T-shirt. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. And he uh, shared that on our Facebook page. Awesome stuff, Brian. Thank you for supporting the show and for getting a shirt. We appreciate that very much. So continue to do that on all of the uh, all of our social media outlets. You can also send us DMs, too, if you don't want your stuff out there in the public for people to see or comment. If you're more of a private person, you can do that. Um, and, of course, as we mentioned earlier, our wonderful Patreon family. Again, Jack Panacchio, our buddy and family member for SIOL. Thank you so much for joining Patreon and uh, being a family member there. And thank you to everybody else who has been a member of Patreon. We truly appreciate that. And uh, we are proudly part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Tons of great shows. And uh, we're proud to be part of that network. So check out those guys, Pantheon Podcast Network. Yep. Please DM us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, which is constantly growing. And also, don't forget to give us one of those five-star child reviews on on Apple Podcasts. As a matter of fact, Tom, we got a new review. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Read it. It's from our buddy, Vet Halen. Oh, yeah, Vet Halen. Love him on Twitter or her. If you people want a little bit of rock and roll, shout it out loud, which is our opening. He goes like this. Do you like Kiss? (laughs) Do you like middle-aged men talking about Kiss like 13-year-old fanboys? Me too. Listen to Shout It Out Loudcast and learn catchphrases like Ace Cult. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Who the fuck is Sonny Pooney? YouTube! Is that what he does? Fountain Cola and many more. Why is Pandemic Paul called Crooked Man? Can we answer that? Yeah, because his friggin' eyes are all fucked up. They're crooked. He looks like he's staring at two different people at the same time. His eyebrows are all out of shape and out of whack. Because he got like bad plastic surgery. Bad plastic surgery. Like eyebrows, Botox, like one way. His face looks like his nose started to melt and just stopped mid melt. There's Crooked Man. (laughs) Yeah. What songs Kiss is not playing in their set list? Album and TV appearance reviews, celebrity guests, impressions. Tom and Zeus bring you all of this to you, the fan. Seriously, one of the best music podcasts available. If you aren't listening to SIOL, you aren't a music fan, and you certainly don't like Kiss. That is fucking awesome. Vet Halen, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love the interaction with you on Twitter, so thank you for all that. Fantastic. Appreciate that more than you know. Thank you. Yes, that is exactly. It's like the poster child. You've yep. got like uh, Mount Rushmore fucking uh, comment of the week. We got a Mount Rushmore type um, review here, a five star review on Apple iTunes. And uh, we added a five star person to our Patreon family, Jack. So perfect way to celebrate. Perfect way to celebrate episode 150. Exactly. We are still fucking hitting strides. 
Yep. And we are not even close to slowing down. Wait till you see what we have coming in store for you guys. You guys are going to fucking love it. So anyway, uh, don't forget our email. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Uh, before we get to famous last words, this is music from the elder. This is episode 150. Love the feedback. Give it to us. Tell us what you hate about the elder. Tell us what you like. Tell them how insane I am for putting the music from the elder that high or how Tom should know better by putting it so low. We want to hear your feedback. This is an episode designed specifically for that. Absolutely. Hell yes. So Tom, you got the famous last words. Unfortunately I do. On a mountain high somewhere, where only heroes dare, stand the stallion and the mare. We have been, and we shall be, each other's destiny, one another's odyssey. That right there is why you have that album ranked too fucking high. How dare you? I have the famous lines, Tom. Ugh. I don't need to get wasted. It only holds me down. <laughs> I just need a will of my own and the balls to stand alone. I believe I, in me. I believe in me. It's I. I believe in me. Stop pressing the buttons. <laughs> it's Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> Watch out. You're going to get attacked and you won't know what it is. Maybe we can get Arnold on the show. Yeah, that's, that's our next <laughs> thing. <laughs> what do you want me to talk about? You want me to talk about the Terminator? You want me to talk about the last action hero? Um, uh, no, we just, just need you to read. Can you read Kiss lyrics for the next 20 minutes? <laughs> Gene Simmons, put that cookie down. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Music from the Elder fans, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, we're so excited that we are here at episode 150. This is thanks to you guys for making this happen. We appreciate it more than you know. Thank you. Can't wait to hear feedback on this one. We know there's going to be a lot of people talking about the Elder. So thank you. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout.